Or who starts? You. I just called oh. you out. Now you have to start. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, what's up? Who's this? What's good, bitches? <laughs> it's me. It's me, Abby. We got a guest. Oh, it's That's Abby. Hi, Abby. Oh, you're, no, you're it's sounding me, great. Sonia. What? How dare you? Yeah, Matt I don't really know you that well. Um, and I kind of know Abby, but I'm a local celebrity, so they ha- asked me to come on here. Local and to where? Local to... <laughs> everywhere. Local to everywhere. Uh, Incredible. Internationally local. Internationally mm. local superstar, yeah. Mm. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. So, Sonia, do you know what's the name of this show? Yes. Well, I guess we have to trust you on that. <laughs> it's a curse word, and I don't like to say that because I'm Christian, so. Oh, all right. Um, well, that's we understandable. We are on national television, so. Yeah, true. Yeah, we pay a lot in fines. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can imagine that. In America, it's such a big deal, right? If you say fuck on, like, during Oscars or whatever, you get fined. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. remember, there was this lady on SNL. Her name was, um, Jesus, I, I forgot her name. But there was a lady who cursed at one of the sketches. And they threw her out. That was... Um, Gilda Rotner? No, That's it was... <coughs> uh, Jenny Slate. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. But she also, I think they also just, like, wanted a reason to kick her out. Maybe. She drunk? Like, if they, if they really liked her, they wouldn't have kicked her out. No, so no. I think people, I feel like people have definitely cursed while making their speeches. But what is a curse? Jenny Slate was like a featured player, so she or a guest. I don't know what they call them. So she wasn't like part of the main cast yet, and she wasn't like a celebrity host. If a celebrity host curses, they don't care. They're a celebrity. What are they gonna do? Yeah, take them off the show after the fact, like not invite them back. Mm. Probably not. It was a weird one because it was like a sketch where they were saying something else than fuck. It was like feck or I don't know, something that was not fuck. And she said fuck once by accident when she was trying to say the other thing. I don't know. It was kind of stupid. Frick is much much more harsh harsh to me. Yeah, (laughs) It was probably frick. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, Sonia is American. That's that's where I was going. I am American. That's so nice of you to notice. She's from Jaws. I'm from Jaws. It's a place called Jaws in America. Mm. You've probably never heard of it. It's very exclusive. It's a very exclusive place called Jaws. Yeah, no, that's true. What's the slogan of the of the town? It's just um, a great white shark coming up like this. Oh, okay. So and it's it not a word. Like it makes a sound effect. And we don't know how it happens, but it does. It makes it. Wow. The time when you come in just makes a noise like I just made. When you come into so the, the town? S- like when you cross the border? Yeah. <laughs> the slogan of the town isn't a sentence. It's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a sound effect sometimes. <laughs> Depending on. It's really inclusive. That's accessible to like blind people and deaf people because it's just a feeling. Yeah. Mm. Incredible. That's yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I think that's nice. We should oh. end it here. I think that's Yeah. Great. I think that's it. Thanks, Good. Sonia. That's, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> One more clap, please. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm like not 100% into horror films, so I'm not really sure why I'm here. But uh, no, I like thrillers are more my things. I like like thriller, serial killer podcasts or documentaries. Yeah. Um, a lot. I'm actually addicted to them, so I'm like trying to seek help, but it's hard. Um, it's very niche addiction, so there's not much outreach out there. 
Um, I really hope you get the help you need. Thank you. It's really nice. Um, hey, we should probably say what, what's the name of the podcast, right? Hey, Abby, no. remember, remember what's the name of the podcast? No. Bird shite on me window. <laughs> oh, it was very uh, brave of us to name the podcast that way. I know what it is. What's it called, what? Sonia? Do you? It's, Sonia. It's called Matt J really needs to get the fuck out. Please leave Maché. That's what it's called, right? Whoa, yeah. Please leave Maché. Please leave Maché. ELM. ELM. I got so many new letter abbreviations. What was the last one? FMK. FMK. Now it's PLM. Fatty Minchcock. Fatty Minchcock, yeah. That's our new name of the podcast. It's called Fatty Minchcock. Oh, it's beautiful. But the cock is written with a K. Yeah. I shared this podcast with my new co-workers, so... So, hey, new co-workers. That's Abby. great. So, this is Fuck on Kill. Welcome. Oh, what? It's what? It's Fuck, fuck on, on Kill? kill. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, welcome the name to the podcast. Welcome to Sonia's podcast. She is vaping. <gasps> you should name it Fuck Vape Kill. Yeah. And it's like, who would you vape with? Who would you vape with? I don't Let's vape. Smoke Kill. So, like, who would you have sex with? Who would you smoke, smoke a joint with? with? Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. who would you kill? Hmm. All right, that's fair Let's enough. Let's rebound the podcast. Of the three of us, can't really of the three it. of us, who would you have sex yeah, with, vape with, and kill? They have to to us. Whoever's listening, let us know. I thought we have to do it to each other, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was oh, like I'm definitely killing myself. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> I've already done. I've done one of those things with one of the people here. So, oh. I don't know why I needed to think about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Arrested. No, it's, yeah, a, it's a podcast called Fuck on Kill. And what we do on this podcast is we talk about horror films and also about fucking and haunting and killing and this time also vaping. Yeah. And this time we have a special guest on. Her name is Sonia. If you did hey. not realize <laughs> by all the amount of content that we just created. Hello, how are you? Sonia of Jaws. Sonia of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, just to get that on the record. Also known as the place where they filmed Jaws, but not really because that was a Martha's Vineyard and... Yeah, I guess Cape Cod is considered Martha's Vineyard. Anyways. Well, it's there, Somewhere like, in America. When I'm thinking about like Cape Cod, like I, I'm thinking like the, the slogan for the town has to be, we're going to need a bigger boat or something like that, right? Don't they capitalize no. on that? No? No. Mm-mm. So Cape Cod is like a Cape and Islands. Like that's the region I'm from in Massachusetts. Hmm. And then I'm actually from a place called Falmouth. And our slogan is something I do not know. Oh. Okay. But our mascot is a clipper ship, ship they used in pretty sure whale hunting in the wherever, whenever people settled, settled there, so like the 1800s. How um, is that a mascot? Do people dress up as a ship? No, we just have it on things. Fun oh. fact about my town is Falmouth was one of the first places I think they were settled. There were a bunch of Indians. I don't think that we killed many Indians. I'm not sure. Yeah, right. But they, there were loads of different types of whales off the coast, mm-hmm. and all of them people just killed them, killed the whales. Learned from oh. the Indians how to kill the whales, I think, and then sold their like oil from their skin to make perfumes. So yeah, yeah there's like not many whales there anymore because they freaking killed them all. So fuck's sake! I know. It's a classic That's American America. thing. They come in and they see what the Indians do, and then they make it so much better. Yeah. I think I the Americans are essentially like a plague. They just mm-hmm. And I've got two of them in my house. That sucks. You should tell them to please 
go somewhere. I'm plotting murder. Yeah. To be you honest. Should. You should. No, I have no Americans in my house and it's uh You're so lucky. Sonia's got one. I have me. Imagine living with this. Well, Sonia, you can't escape. I can't escape. Can't do anything. That's so sad. For those listening in the future, um, because this pod this podcast is like in history books in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you listening via the hyperlink in your um holographic textbook, it's still coronavirus time. We're still in quarantine. Um, we haven't seen we haven't seen each other in how long has it been now? I I haven't seen either of you since I went March. to Brussels mm-hmm. on the sixth of March, and that's before things kicked off here. About two weeks before things kicked off here, but I still had to work from home. Yeah, that's the same. That was the last day I was in the office. End of February, that that means. Because I went the first weekend in March. So what, does it make it like four months? Yeah, we're getting close to like three, four, right? Four months? Jesus. But (gasps) what I found is really annoying is that, so I was trying not to drink for January. Mm -hmm. If I'd just known, I would have drank. What the fuck? But I mean, most of the time. And also January was about six years long. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was Feb- February, and that was like kind of okay. And then coronavirus, and we're like, shit. And then just the week's been flying. Like I'm pretty sure red, but the week's been flying. I'm pretty sure I drank with you in January though, like multiple times, which does add up. Like I'm, like I think I tried. <laughs> I tried. The operative word is tried. I tried. Was trying. So I was feeling guilty after I drank. And being like, oh, I shouldn't have gone out last night. Trying to do Dread Jam. Oh, okay. So you were not really doing it. You were just feeling bad after you tried. I was trying. You feel like a Catholic guilt it. style. The thought was still there. Yeah, Catholic guilt was literally, yeah, I was proud of it. Amazing. Incredible. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I approve. I approve of that. Hmm. Okay, uh, guys. Makes upset. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about Talk something. about this freaking movie. Okay, welcome to Falcon. I'm sick of you guys. Being let Sonia do the intro. This is great. We're just going to start here. Sonia, we go had for a it. stroke. We need to call the police. We need to call the police. Quickly. Hello, everyone. Call the freaking. Hi, Sonia. And Hi, Sonia. Podcast subscribers. Um, this is a really creepy podcast. That will scare the shit out of you. It's called Fuck, Haunt, Kill. And it's hosted by two extremely creepy people. Most creepy. True. Second creepy. (laughs) Yeah. In a beautiful way. Abby. And your host today, me, Sonia. Less creepy. Hey, Sonia. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thank you for having us, Sonia. You're welcome. Um, It's an honor to be here. Today, we're going to be discussing... Science of the Lamps. It's very controversial and very scary. And it's also very much about how Mache lives his life. And I think that he will draw a lot of parallels to the story of Jodie yes, Foster. Yes, thank you. Um, Jodie Foster. <laughs> it's, it's a very controversial film. Yeah, it's like it's one of those films in the history of film that nobody can agree on, you know. Well, I don't like just... Jodie Foster. I'm just going to put it out there. You, you don't what? like her? Nah. Are you homophobic? Yeah, that's homophobic. No. <laughs> and I also found that everyone in the movie, it's a very, like, it's all the men were, like, checking her out, being like, hey, what's up, baby? Yeah. And then, like, the doctor guy being like, basically want to bang tonight. And I was like, <laughs> and also, it's very sexist or misogynistic. It's 
I think it's consciously misogynistic. So that Silence of the Lambs is a, is a film directed by Jonathan made, Demme. Made in 1991. What else has he made? Uh, Jonathan Demme is a very interesting guy. He made loads of stuff. Um, He's got pink eye in his Wikipedia photo. Uh, oh, oh, well, oh. Uh, well, cute. He's freaking dead. Yes, he is dead. He died three years ago. Did he have? Did he die of pink eye? I'm sure that's exactly it. Um, Jonathan Demme has a very interesting filmography, and I recommend looking into it. I've seen a few of his things. Where is it? Well, on the internet. Also in the world, because he made films. I can't find it. Okay. (laughs) Don't know how to help you from (laughs) here. Listen to me. Oh, he made Philadelphia. Yeah. So he started off as a as a as a B movie director. He worked with Roger Corman. He made a few exploitation films. He made stuff like that, and then he moved into like more like broader independent cinema. He made some stuff that's yeah pretty well known, like Something Wild and Married to the Mob, some comedies stuff like that. He made uh, the greatest concert film of all time, Stop Making Sense, uh, about Talking Heads, the Talking Heads concert. So I do love the Talking Heads. Great. Thank you. Uh, you should see Stop Making Sense because it's fucking amazing. Have you heard um their song? Their song? It's not their song. Have you heard um David Byrne's song called Toe Jam? Mm-mm. I don't think it's so. A, it's a great song. He performed it on SNL. It's so good. It's from the um from the Broadway show that he has. That's like it's just like a chorus of people having fun, and it's such a fun song. It's a really good summer song as well. I suggest you listen to it. Thank you. It is called Toe Jam. Cool. I've seen David Byrne live. It was amazing. <gasps> well, someone I know met them. Met them? Met him. We talked about David Byrne once because you couldn't remember his name or something. Yeah, we talked. I feel like we talked about this exact thing. That someone <laughs> I know met him. We're really good at like um, not repeating things on this stupid podcast. Whoa. Yeah. Jonathan Demi directed. Is it not Jonathan Dem? No, I think it's Demi. Okay. Jono directed um, a documentary, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids. Yeah, he made like three very big concert films. And one of them is the Justin Timberlake one. The other is the Neil Young film. Um, Neil Young Trunk Show. Yes. Sure. Um, yeah, so he, he's got a very like varied filmography. This is his only thriller horror film, uh, I think. I mean, except for like the, the, the B-movie stuff he made at the beginning. But he made like documentaries, he made comedies, he made stuff like Philadelphia. Then he was doing stuff like Rachel, Rachel getting married and, and things like that. So loads of different things. And he directed um, three episodes of SNL. Interesting. Yeah, he, he did TV. Uh, mm. Honestly, yeah, very varied, very talented guy. Very interesting guy. I feel like talented, but like sparingly used. His filmography like isn't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's pretty it's substantial, but in terms yeah, of like, it's, it's very be- weirdly varied. Yeah, I think it's because he was doing so much different things. So I guess he was working on TV at some point. He was doing this, he was doing that. He was making documentary. So the thing about him is that he was not that well known or like that recognized until maybe a few years back when, when Paul Thomas Anderson started talking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul Thomas Anderson loves Jonathan Demi, and he's like, he's talking about him all the time. 
in each of his interviews he's always like yeah Jonathan Demme the biggest inspiration stuff like that so because uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is now you know so revered that uh, because of that Jonathan Demme kind of got up as well but I think for a long time like one of those guys he was just like yeah he's just a director he's like a director for hire he's gonna direct your thing but you know it's not like it doesn't matter that much which is uh, not a good way to look at things but I think no, like Science of the Lambs like that was like a huge movie like that was like massive yeah it's, it's sort of one of those like it's like you're like a cult horror film but, like you would have like if you're into horror like you would definitely have watched it i had never seen it before yes really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i wouldn't even call it a cult horror film because like it won like all the oscars it was like it was a it was a mainstream film even mm-hmm. though it was like an independent film and made by Orion and yeah, thriller, horror, whatever. But like the, for the time lasted. that it was in, like the time that it was, like it was very, like now when I watch these things, I can kind of like, like even though you you knew what the person, like what Hannibal was going to do next kind of, it was always kind of like in a suspenseful kind of like, you never knew when he was going to do it or like at what point he was going to like, I don't know, murder someone. They, like, it was yeah. obvious what he was going to do next, but you just didn't know how he was going to do it. Until last night, I didn't know that Hannibal Lecter was a fictional character. <laughs> I thought he was a real person. I think we should talk about that. Uh... Was he? He wasn't. I think it's like a, wasn't like a, not like folklore, but like, that wasn't just created for this. Like, that was. No, no yeah, he's, he's a yeah. fictional character in a series of suspense novels by Thomas Harris. Okay. But I thought, he was a real person. <laughs> Which is a bit much, yes. Why did you think that? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I think because there was an element, I think, of me, because I remember seeing Science of the Lambs in the video shop when I was younger. And um, like seeing the, like, because the, the cover attracted me because it had like the butterfly and everything. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I remember my mom being like, oh, no, that's scary. And I was like, okay. Um, but I remember at some stage like hearing about Hannibal and also learning about cannibals and being like oh Hannibal cannibal so that's where the name comes from and then I guess in my brain I was like so Hannibal was a real person but there was well there was a Hannibal there was like there was this famous historical figure Hannibal or whatever right he was the guy which one was Hannibal he did something like there was it wasn't this guy and it's, it has nothing to do with cannibals so what the fuck like, are you saying? They did spin-offs of like of the whole like Hannibal Lecter thing. Like they did spin-offs of like I remember seeing one was like the start of Hannibal or like whatever. Mm. And well like, there's the cabin in Germany or something. That's where it starts out. Yeah, there's the like there's a prequel, I think. Yeah, it's and there's the TV show Hannibal. Um mm. which has so Max Mickelson playing on. So which is pretty good. I've watched some of it. It's like, good. There's a lot of things. Well, the the novels, I'm not sure how many novels there are by Thomas Harris, but they are like, I think five films. And then you have the TV stuff that are kind of based around Thomas's Harris, Thomas Harris's uh, stuff and Hannibal Lecter and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs is not even the first one. The first one is uh, called Manhunter. Uh, it's a film by Michael Mann. And, uh, was that before ha- this? Yes, that was 1986. Uh, and in that film, Brian Cox plays Hannibal Lecter, and it's a fucking amazing film. I really recommend seeing it. It's uh, it's really really cool. Very different than Silence of the Lambs, but uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's made before that. 
Yeah, and then they made Silence of the Lambs and it was like this big hit. So they made two follow-up films. One of them is Hannibal, which is like a sequel. And one of them is called Red Dragon, which is kind of a remake of Manhunter, which is a prequel. And then they made Hannibal Rising, which is like about the start of Hannibal or whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen that one. I think that's when I was referring to Hannibal Rising. Maybe. But yeah, it's yeah, weird. Possibly. I, first, I don't know why I thought that he was a real person. I just Oh, there was a Hannibal. Yeah, I have it here. He was like a, you know, he was between 183 and 181 BC. He was a Carthaginian general and statesman who commanded like an army against Rome. You know, I don't know. So he was like a historical figure. That's where mm. the name comes from. But Hannibal is just a name. It's just a name. So I think I so I like merged the two in my brain because I remember learning about like a historical version. Yeah. I don't even remember how, but I did. Well, you probably learned about him in history. He did like one important thing that I can't remember. Um, so uh, what's the first time? When was the first time you saw this film, Sonia? Um, I actually can't even remember when I saw this first. It must have been years ago, though. Like I've definitely seen it a good few times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was never really into like I like thrillers more than I like. Um, like horror movies because like i just don't really like gore too much but i like suspense but not too much um and i also like like serial like i like serial killers i think they're interesting um yeah so i don't know when i seen this first like i definitely hadn't watched in a good few years um so it's like nice to rewatch it um last night um there's definitely like things like i definitely wouldn't like kind of like forgot or like wouldn't pick up on as much i guess back then mm-hmm. maybe it's just because cinema was different and like how much there is like like now like documentaries and like whatever podcasts about serial killers like going 90 like there's so many of them yeah um true. and i feel like it wasn't really a huge thing like thrillers were like just like one soft killers or like so fictional where mm-hmm. i feel like this was i don't know you could nearly be like well but maybe like would be something that went down like it's not like terribly far from the how i don't know like say mindhunter remember that sh- you know that show yeah mm-hmm. i haven't seen that but, like that would be like kind of like they that was kind of that's all based on true things and you can kind of be like well this it's not terribly far from what they portrayed in that you know mm-hmm. chatting to because they do talk to serial killers that are willing to and try to figure out like what the cracks it like what are they doing mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, I think Silence of the Lambs was something that, yeah, definitely kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting it to hit this big. Nobody was expecting it to be so well received. And also it kind of set up like an aesthetic for those kinds of films for like years mm-hmm. to come. Like, you know, all of the 90s kind of look like this film. Um, and stuff didn't look like that before. If you look at the 80s, that's not how they made films like that. They didn't look yeah. like this. They didn't feel like that at all. It's like they were like they, this tried really, really hard not to be cheesy. Yeah, like, tried real hard. A good job like, of it. It was a bit cheesy at times, but like it from the cheese that it used, like from like say like early ninety films or like even any any film from the eighties, it's just cheese, straight up cheese. Mache, do you like the film? I love the film. It's uh, I think it's an amazing film. I think it's. And a very interesting film for many reasons. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of its own thing in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, I love Manhunter for very different reasons than this. 
Uh, I think Manhunters, yeah, like a very 80s kind of thing. And you watch it now and it's like blue and it's more of a cop film and it's like all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I think this is interesting because it takes, like it's barely a horror film, honestly. It's like, it's, it's even like, you, you can call it a thriller, but it's not its main focus even, I would say. It's, it's an interesting one because it feels like an independent film that's kind of just has elements of it in it to me. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was going to be scarier. Like I remembered it being scarier. <laughs> yeah, like so, I didn't yeah. find it super scary. Yeah, it's I unsettling. Think, I think it was like the like the Silence of the Lambs two that I probably had seen. I think in that one she go like she tries to find him or something, and like she ends up like trapped with him. So like, the whole time this movie, I was like, she's going to get trapped with him. I was like, <laughs> how is it going to happen? Um, so I was like kind of anxious for that to happen um but that obviously is not you're talking about the film hannibal with julianne moore no isn't there sounds of lambs too well no the no. sequel is hannibal yeah hannibal oh. is the sequel and it's got anthony hopkins but it's got, got julianne moore in it um, oh, and ray liotta ray liotta's in it as well doing star a ray of the liotta. b star yes. of the b movie yeah i also in this movie like what is her accent it's West Virginia. But it's like trying real hard to be West Virginia and it's just coming off like... Parker was saying that... So I watched it with my boyfriend who's American and he was saying that um, he knows someone because we were the same. We were trying to place like all the accents because Anthony Hopkins' accent, who plays, he plays Hannibal, is quite weird. I think but... it's somewhere like, I don't know, maybe like Eastern European trying to be an English accent. That's what yeah. I heard. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So we, yeah, we determined it to be like Southern genteel, where it's that kind of thing of like Southern Americans who are like wealthy and thus like have some kind of a distorted British accent, but it's American still. But he's supposed to be, because we were more like, what is he trying to do? And he's supposed to be Lithuanian American. Yeah, so exactly. I guess it's that sort of like learned American accent where it's sort of like, yeah, I know I get what you mean. Because like, basically we're like, where like the southern accent came from was literally trying was a basically a wealthy like english accent trying to turn southern like mm -hmm. the basis of like all southern accents actually comes from english accents which is weird so you yeah. can kind of see that like with i don't know with like thinking about his accent but no it was definitely like some kind of eastern european trying to be english like how he learned english accent yeah, and Parker was saying, like, with Clarice, like, he, because he, like, Googled, he was like, I recognize the accent, I'm trying to work out what accent she's doing. And then when we learned that she was from West Virginia, he was like, I have a friend who's from West Virginia, and their accent, like, sounds like that. Oh, So, really? I guess it's West Virginia. Yeah, see, when I think of West Virginian people, like, I would think they would have similar accents to me. Maybe a bit of, like, a, a small drawl in their voice, but, like, a Maybe it was maybe in the nineties they still sound like that sometimes. Yeah, I mean it's it is kind of like south, but just like also in West Virginia when they're like when whatever someone's body was found, a girl's body was found in West Virginia. So I'm watching this taking notes. Ken breaks out West Virginia, that song, and I'm like, not yeah, we were also singing that. <laughs> this is not. The, we were also singing that song. You were? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy that John Denver is still, you know, in the hearts of young men. <laughs> Alive and well. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. It's um Abby, did yes, you like the film? I really liked I really liked the film. I really enjoyed it. I found I don't know, I felt like I could have gotten a bit more closure on Hannibal. 
I kind of wanted to interact a bit more with Hannibal towards the end. Like, I feel like we just had him and then he was gone. But I did really enjoy it. It was really good. But I found Jodie Foster's accent, because I love Jodie Foster. I think she's really good. Um, but I'm so used to, like, her voice. She has a really distinctive voice. That's and true. hearing her do a Southern accent was really stressful. Yeah, it, I didn't think, it, yeah, I don't know. I didn't love it. Um, her young, though, seeing her, like, so young, though, I was like, damn, baby. But if you've seen um, Bugsy Malone, she's even younger in that. She's, like, a child. Mm. So that's what, like, the, like, that's the film of that Jodie Foster's in that I've seen the most. Mm-hmm. Bugsy Malone, like, I've definitely saw, that's the first thing at time I ever saw Jodie Foster, and it's definitely the Jodie Foster film I've watched the most. Um, so I mean, she is young. Wait, I have a question. At the end of the movie, oh, I can't remember, did that Dr. Chilton guy die? No. No, but yeah. he was like... The whole time I was like, please die. But, but, um... He pops up in the sequel. Hannibal... Oh. What? But Hannibal's like, I'm going to have an old friend for dinner. With Guys, a little okay. wink. So, I watched the um, Hannibal yesterday. I watched the two films they, they made after this in preparation for this episode because I was interested. And Hannibal, the sequel to this film that they made first, it's fucking crazy. It's it's really stupid. And it's <laughs> basically takes the ending of like it takes kind it's kind of a continuation of this, but they take that whole section when Hannibal is like in this other country out, it doesn't matter, or like they kinda ignore it, or I don't know. Because that uh, prison director is back in that film and he's just in the prison again. So I don't know. Yeah, also Hannibal is in Florence. So Hannibal is in Florence instead of that wherever he is he deserves wait we should get on track okay we want to start are we gonna get on track yeah Yeah, we we could try we haven't been even talking about film okay so the film starts jenny foster is running through the the forest now the jumper it is quite twilight vibes i was wondering when edward was gonna jump out but he didn't um and she's basically like doing an endurance course because there's like a thing she climbs up i thought i just i didn't see that her jumper said fbi so there's a guy who comes up to her. And I think that, I feel like that's in, like, it's well, kind I of intended. Like I was like, interested to her for the CIA or FBI. Yeah, because like someone walks up to her and they're like, oh, this person wants to see you. And she's like, okay. And then he turns around and there's like this shot and he's, his cap says FBI. And it's like a whole thing. So like, that's when we learn she's in the FBI. But that whole time her jumper has apparently said FBI on it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So either way, she's like a student. She's studying to like join the FBI. Um... And she goes in for a meeting and she's there. Did you, did you notice the really clearly dubbed over bit where someone greets her? Like someone gives her like a high, it's like, I think it's the friend that she has to write the film and they give her like a high five in the hallway. And then she's like Clarice, but it's so clearly dubbed over. Yeah. That that friend's name. What's the name of her friend? She is not. Did we learn? Is it her girlfriend or her friend? Ardelia. Ardelia. It's not her girlfriend. No, it's not established. That's her friend, I guess. Ardelia is that character's name, but she's just there at the beginning and then disappears until the very end where they need her again. And I made a note being like, do they need you then, the FBI? Do they need you all that are like, just be like running the woods and climbing up all that shit? Well, yeah, I'm sure they do that kind of stuff, yeah. All right, I'm just wondering. But there's, it's funny because genders, like, and this is something that surprised me, I guess, especially because, like, when the film was made. But, like, gender is, like, a big deal. Yeah. 
throughout this film so like yeah. immediately she's like gets into an elevator and she's the only woman there yeah, yeah she's very like, short yeah it's kind of sweet yeah, yeah she's quite small um but yeah it's interesting and so she goes into like the behavioral sciences department um and there's like a notice board that has like kind of stuff about crimes on it and it says something if there's a newspaper clipping that says bill skins fifth when they started mentioning buffalo bill i was like who the fuck's that yeah, you only like get half those... an hour into the film. I was like, "What? <laughs> Hang on a second. Who's this man? Hang on a second. Who this man? <laughs> Good day. Who the heck? <laughs> um, yeah, like and throughout my notes, I've like when you said gender, like one of them is like it. Like I was like, is this sexist? Like all the men be looking at her, making the propositions, or just being like, "What the fuck are you doing here, bitch? Don't be looking." Yeah. Please? Yeah, sexism is a. Uh... There's a big part of alive this film, well. like one of the main themes, mm-hmm. also alive and well, which is uh, which is which super. Is great. But it was really interesting to me because I didn't expect that at all. So then oh, okay. She talks to the guy in the office, and they were like, "Oh, we have a guy. You need to go talk to Mister Hannibal Lecter or whatever." She's like, "Grand, let's do it." So she goes into the prison. That's the scene. All right, all right. Let's, let's take it back a little bit because it's like, yeah, they go into the hospital, which is in Baltimore, which is interesting. I get up. Quantico is in Virginia, and then Maryland is super close to Virginia. Like, I remember I used to go to Washington, like, D.C., like, once a year, and we used to stay in Virginia. Like, D.C. is super close, and, like, Washington, like, Quantico to Maryland would be, like, super close. Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's, like, Baltimore wouldn't be far from that. Maybe, like, two hours. But basically... They're doing, the FBI are doing profiles on different murderers. And so basically, they haven't really been able to get Hannibal Lecter to talk. Hannibal Lecter is refusing to cooperate. Yes. And so, I think his name is Jeff. Wait, I wrote it down. Um, Yeah, Mr. Crawford is, um, he like pulls Clarice in. He's like, hey, bitch, what's happening? I think you'd be kind of good at this. He's like, we got women in the FBI is the first thing he (laughs) says when he sees her. Yeah. Bring the one with tits. Yes. That's what he says uh, to his assistant. Someone got titties? Come on down. Titties? You got me listening. Um, mm. So yeah, she comes in and they chat and he's like, listen, bitch, you're going to go talk to Hannibal Lecter. And he kind of says that like he doesn't think Hannibal's going to talk to her either, but that he needs to like say that he tried. Um and at that point, Clarice says something like Hannibal the cannibal. So that's where we learn that he's a cannibal. Um, it's also interesting, I think, the point of view of like having it be the focus of the film is this serial killer who's already been captured. Yeah. And it's like in jail. It's kind of interesting. I don't um, think it's the focus of the film. Like it's an important part of the film, but um, I don't think that's what the film is really about. Hannibal is kind of there to, no, yeah. to give sort of a a reflection of Clarice and the stuff she's doing, but this film is about Clarice and Clarice trying to capture oh, for sure. uh, Bill and uh, yeah. Yeah. So she arrives to, it's kind of, it's one of those like quick cuts. She arrives to the prison or no, it's not a prison. It's an asylum, but it's yeah, also it's like, a prison. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a prison a, asylum. That's a prison asylum. Yeah. And the guy who like works there, what's his name? Uh, his name is professor douchebag. Uh, Chilton. Yeah. Chilton. Chilton. Chilton yeah. yeah. He's like, he's a big old misogynist. And he's like, what are you doing after work, sexy lady? 
let's go get a drink it's more fun if you have someone Great. to show you around and she's like i'm actually here on business sir good night honey and he she beats him up it's really good it's great i wish she beat him up but yeah so there's loads of precautions in place to like talk to lector um and she it's also a really old style prison yeah, it looks like it's like in a, I don't know, it looks kind of fancy, honestly, a little bit, like when you see yeah, it from the it's outside. Like, it's like, and on the inside, it's like, I don't know, the way we see prison in like media now is more like, you know, concrete walls and the, you know, and I know it's not a prison in the sense of it's an asylum, but it's a prison. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's bricks and it's, it's like yeah. a super old building. It's kind of like going to like, when you go to Power Square, say, Wicklow, it's like a castle kind of thing and it's like really nice like bricks and twisting stairwells and it's kind of similar it's got like a sort of twisty stairwell and it got those bricks a lot of that shit's dated in america though yeah but the the the, the prisoners that she goes to they're like in the basement so she needs to go down so this is like the shitty <laughs> the place where they, they keep the shittiest people so yeah, you kind of see her people. yeah all the all the people you don't want to ever see or talk to and just this wonderful scene where she walks down and gets into the first kind of cage. Like the the first bar she goes through is where the security guys kind of hang out. And yeah, that, that's the first, I think that one of the first, like maybe the first shot in this film where you kind of get this thing of Clarice walks into a place and you get like a point of view of what she sees. And the camera kind of goes around the room showing you everybody that's there and kind of giving you a vibe. But like that that kind of thing of like, you go into a room, you see a shot of Clarice, that's her face, and then you get, and then you see a shot of what she sees. That's going to be used throughout the whole film. That's like the main thing this, this film does. And then the film also likes this kind of pan around the room. So there's like a pan around that little guard room before it lands on Barney. And Barney's like, hey, hello, you can leave your coat here and we can go there. But that's... Barney's I think a nice of, guy. Yeah, Barney's nice. He comes back in Hannibal as well. In a fucking yeah. stupid cameo scene that makes no sense at all. But anyways, he's there. Hannibal is a crazy film. We should talk about it one day. It's like I have no idea how it happened. But uh, anyways, um, yeah. So that, but it's it's kind of cool the way it's shot. And uh, I think Demi, you know, Demi is kind of known now for close-ups. This film has a lot of close-ups, but also yeah, point of view camera, like subjective camera stuff like that. There's going to be a lot of this. Oh, that's good. Um, so anyway, she yeah, goes so there. She- she goes in she goes through and she like walks past the different cells yeah um, and that there's this guy in one of the cells migs uh do you guys remember what he says i can smell your pussy from here but he doesn't say pussy close and then Hannibal's all like you're wearing this uh, you're wearing this perfume but not today but sometimes well he says he first asks <laughs> what what did mix say to you and she's like yeah he said i can smell your cunt and then he's like, like hmm, i can't i can't yeah, he goes up to the holes. So basically, they're all, all the other crazy people are behind. That's wow. really not PC. All the other people in the asylum <laughs> are behind bars. Yes. And she gets like just steel classic jail bars and she gets to Hannibal and he's behind like a glass screen that has some holes in it. Um, like, because he's a freaking cannibal. He went to eat you. Yes. We missed a little scene before where the director of the asylum tells Clarice about Hannibal and why he's in such a high security cell. And he talks to her about like the situation where uh, Hannibal, I don't know. Was it like, there was like a person who. He like ate her eye. Yeah. He, he ate her for sure. (laughs) 
He didn't uh, yeah. face. Yeah. I think she lived, but he ate something. Yeah. But uh, anyways, he's got a photo of what happens. And that's another thing this film is going to do a lot, which is Clarice looks at the photo, but you don't see what's on the photo because you don't need to. Mm. You can kind of imagine that it's not very it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is good in the sense of it's not trying to overload us with gore. It's not like it's not showing us gore for the sake of it. It's like you're seeing the gore when you need to see the gore, which is pretty good. I think this whole um, film is kind of an exercise in, an exercise in restraint, just like... It's it's a very subtle film at its core. It's really yeah. not very interested in all of the nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah it's like the psychology of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Good. I don't like horrors. Um, I like I like things that don't just tell me the story, give me the idea of it, but without showing me it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, For me, it does like get I don't some nasty stuff later, but not like bad. I don't mind gore, but it's more that thing of like I I don't mind it once it's necessary. But if you're showing it to me just to like for the sake of it i don't like that like it's all yeah. i think like that's kind of my opinion in general for horror is like show me something because i need to see it or show me it because it's really important to the film but otherwise i don't like i don't care yeah it's not doing anything for me it's not like it's necessarily gonna make me like have any different effect on me it's more that it just doesn't it, it'll make me like feel like there's less value in the film because it's like cheapening itself by doing yeah. that for the sake of it. And in the case of um, this film, it definitely would be cheapening it because the mm-hmm. film is work, working very hard to establish a certain kind of tone. So then if you like saw the photo and like, you know, I don't know, or like if there was like a flashback, like the worst kind of film would just do a flashback of what Hannibal did to that woman, right? And show the killing and a little bit of gore and like, blah, scary, right? Uh, it's like, we don't need to. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to. There's absolutely no reason to do it. So it just goes on. You kind of have an idea of what might be on the photo. There you go. Here he, here he is. There, there's there's yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Fucking do what you want. And, and this film isn't about Hannibal's crimes. It's about him. It, it, it's not about him, but like the part of the relevance of Hannibal is more so like his brain and his understanding of the serial killer. But like, we don't need to know about his crimes. Yeah. It's not relevant. Yeah, not really. Um, and that's one of the main things that the sequels don't understand because the sequels are all more about Hannibal. The, the sequel is called Hannibal. It's about Hannibal. Red Dragon is more about Hannibal. And the thing about Hannibal is the less you know about him, the better it is. Like it's, He's good as a, like a creepy guy in the background kind of saying weird stuff. But once you, got, once you get to know the story, it's like, I don't know. It's like you don't need gravity to this, char- to this character. This character is good when you don't know a lot. It's like just put yeah. him there, use him for this, and that's enough. Yeah, because you're still trying to, like, understand, like, what the fuck he's trying to say to her when he's, like, telling her about, like, Miss or Mr. Moffat and all that stuff and, like, yeah. asking her questions about herself. Like, you would nearly be distracted if you were trying to think about his crimes rather than the way he just is trying to, like, where the, rather than the way he just processes things. Like, he'd be, like, yeah. it would give you a bit more insight. Like, I don't know. I think it would give it away a bit easier. Definitely. But it's not actually him that you're trying to – it's not his – like why he would do something but it's like how he would understand that someone else would do something mm-hmm. yeah definitely and it's also this thing of yeah you come into this and like the point of the subjective camera is for you to feel like clarice and since you're watching this film as clarice you have to go into that room and just know what clarice knows and that's it otherwise it doesn't work otherwise the game is unfair it's true um i'm, for, I'm eating a square I wasn't really understanding the whole like Miss Moffat thing. Like, what was he saying to her? He was like, "Where did you grow up?" Asking her loads of questions about herself. Yeah. So, so they, he, because yeah. the thing about Hannibal is that Hannibal 
Lecter is a psychiatrist and so he's interested in other people and like how they work and why they are the way that they are so like and he because he's in an asylum he doesn't have as much opportunity to like be able to actively be a psychiatrist like he can obviously by like say listening to his cellmates or whatever he can like hear their problems like if they're just going to be talking to themselves he can analyze that to himself but it's not as interesting or compelling as it is to like have and a patient who is like engaged and like is receptive to questions and an- analysis. Yeah. So it's like that's why he's so interested to like keep asking Clarice questions because he's like because he obviously immediately like finds her interesting. That's why he like stays engaged with when she speaks and everything like that because and that's why he's willing to speak to her in the first place because he can like he senses that she's an interesting person or that she's like there's more to her than just like someone who's trying to get answers. Yeah, and the thing is, he knows who the killer is. Like, he knows who Buffalo Bill is pretty much from the start. Uh, So the first thing he kind of gets is, uh, I mean, maybe he doesn't know, but, like, he definitely has information kind of... Oh, he has to know, because Miss Moffat Moffat is the... uh, is just an anagram for a different thing, right? But basically, Mm -hmm. why he says that is he's got a storage room... uh, yeah, like a garage in Baltimore where one of the heads of one of the victims is stored. And we know that Hannibal one didn't kill that victim. Buffalo Bill's victims. Yeah, exactly. It's not it, Hannibal. Why the, victim, the victim is um, Thomas Raspail. Yeah. And Thomas is um, was Buffalo Bill's lover. So yeah. that's why he knows who he is because he... I don't know, I'd heard him talk about him or something. Yeah, I guess because he, I think, yeah, that guy was his patient. And yeah, that patient was going out with Baltimore Bill. So the B- B- Buffalo Bill. Okay. So that's how it is. Baltimore Bill. Baltimore Bill. I don't know. Like Baltimore, whatever. One of the Bills. He's the Bill yeah. guy. Anyway. So, so like they were chatting, whatever. And she's tr- like, he says the thing about Miss Moffat. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to head out. Well, first, <laughs> first, first. I really want us to talk about this one thing that happens because first they kind of have a conversation, doesn't really 100% work. He's kind of interested, but doesn't give her anything. She goes to leave. And then um, then the guy from the Nextel uh, makes... What? He is jacking himself off and just on her face. Yeah, he throws yeah, cum he... in her face. Yeah. That's so gross. It is it very disgusting. Gross. disgusting. Yeah, he... He like feign. He says something along the lines of like, "I bit my wrist so I could feel pain or so I could die or something." Yeah. And then he's like, "Look at the blood!" And she like looks, and he like flings cum on her face, and he's like, "Ha ha, fooled ya or something." And I only Hannibal like that too much. And Hannibal, yeah, and Hannibal, yeah, Hannibal calls her back. Yeah. Yeah, because Hannibal is a Hannibal just likes eating humans, but like he's an alright guy. Uh, I would say that. <laughs> yeah, he calls her back and he says something. He says something like, um, he says, discourtesy is ugly to him or something like that. And so he like offers her help in some way. Yeah. So he talks about the Moffat thing. That's when he discloses that piece of information, uh-huh. which he then follows up on and finds the body. But yeah, yeah he's basically like, Go to my old patient. He's like, find my old patient, Miss Moffat. Something. Yeah, he says he doesn't like rudeness. I think he's more pretentious than nice, honestly. He's just, yeah. Yeah. He just he he says he thinks that that's like a low form of human behavior, which honestly, come, like masturbating and then throwing your cum at somebody, it is a pretty low form of human behavior. 
in yeah, any sort great. of society. Yeah, but, I would hate that. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me on this on this topic, at least. But uh, in general, like I think uh, Hannibal, like yeah, he doesn't like stuff like that, which is pretty normal reaction. But he's still like he's not a nice person, and I don't think the film ever tries to make him out to be one. He's interested in Clarice, and Clarice is interested in him. That's it. That's the you know. I mean, there's more to it, but like I don't think the film tries to make a point that he's like I don't know, like a moral kind of killer or something. I think like the thing. That. I think the thing about Hannibal and what makes him so interesting is that, like, comparative to the other people in the asylum, is that Hannibal's, and I think it's also, it's comparative as well, or, like, to how people want to view serial killers, is that it's, like, you want to think that they're just completely insane people and you'd easily be able to detect them, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, Hannibal's super operative. He's intelligent he's polite, like, he can hold a normal conversation, kind of. Um, Like, you get the impression that if he wasn't clearly, like, if he wasn't in an asylum and it was like, yeah, I'm a serial killer, like, you know that about me. If he wasn't in that situation, he would be easily able to hold a normal conversation. So the point about Hannibal and what makes him so scary is that he's so palatable as a human in terms of, like, if you forget, like, what he's done, you can just be like, yeah, he's really intelligent and he's polite, etc ignoring the few kind of things that expose obviously the fact that he's well like he's a murderer he's just like a what is it sociopath Mm -hmm. yes or psychopath yeah and he's super intelligent yeah he's really intelligent but he like he can mirror people so make it makes it so that he like fits in Mm -hmm. did you know that um anthony hopkins is apparently autistic and he has said yeah, he's um I I'm I can't remember I learned it in Las Vegas for some reason because he had in the MGM Grand at least at the time there was a shop or just a little small gallery in the MGM Grand that had different like paintings and there's a few that are by Anthony Hopkins um that were there because he does art apparently oh, nice. I guess for his own fun um but he is either i don't know if he's gotten like an official diagnosis but he like is autistic and he's like i've always found found acting super easy because like i've always just like learned how to behave from other people because i don't know like exactly how you're supposed to behave so for him he's always just been able to like easily copy behavior that he's told to do because it's like easier than actually just existing as normal Cool. interesting yeah. yeah that is interesting i did not know that but uh, i while we're talking about it i do have a hot take um i want to preface that by saying it's a hot take my hot take is hot take. uh anthony thank you anthony hopkins's performance in this film is one of the most overrated performances in film history it is crazy how this performance is overrated i don't think it's i mean it's okay <laughs> That's that's how much I would say I about it. I thought it was great acting in this movie, to be honest. Like, well, he yeah. got an Oscar for it. He's got such a reputation for doing this part. Uh, he got. I think he, he's... Did, he didn't even get like a supporting act, actor uh, Oscar. He got the main actor for this film, even though he's oh. clearly supporting. Uh, so people love this performance. They loved it. Everybody keeps talking about this performance. Yeah, uh, I think it's because I, I, yeah, definitely I've got that same thing of like people just talk about it as though it's one of the best performances in cinema or something and it's i mean it's good but it's not it's definitely not outstanding i think it works because the film knows what to do with it 
but you see Anthony Hopkins doing it in the sequels in the same way. And it's just like, it's the hammiest thing ever. Like the, the film knows how to contain oh, it. No. You know, Jodie Foster is there and she's doing her thing. And I think she's amazing in this one. I think Jodie Foster is like, oof, she's amazing. She really deserved that Oscar. But, but the, I think Anthony only works because, because she's there. Otherwise it's just like over the top fucking scary shit, no blinking kind of stuff. And I don't know. It's like, it's a bit on its own. I think it would not work. It's just, it, it wouldn't work like that. Mm-hmm. And like, it's good that he does that in this film because yeah, and I love this film. It works good in this, but I think in terms of like the performance itself, I think people really overrate it. It's not that good. Yeah. Makes sense. Sonia, that was my hot take. Thank you. What do you think of the hot take, Sonia? Um, I do agree. <laughs> there we go. It wasn't as hot as I thought it was going to be. No, I think it's like... I don't think that it was amazing. Like, like it wasn't bad by any means. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he wasn't the main actress or actor of the whole thing. Did you like it when he did? What's he doing? Impersonating how you taste wine? Yeah, I don't know what Is that Is that was. what he's supposed to be doing? Or a bunny? I think he yeah. was just doing a Cause bunny. Because, yeah. yeah, I definitely, like, you've always, yeah, it's definitely, like, Easter bunny themed. I feel like uh, he was, this entire like, film. Yeah, yeah like, lots of Easter bunny, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's that's like the moment that everybody talks about, the, as though it's like the like oh I I ate his liver with a with a some fava beans and a nice Chianti, Chianti. Also, he, he nice Chianti. Funny, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he's Chianti, Chianti. I don't even yeah, know how he does it. I can't do it. Um, yeah. but yeah, everyone talks about that. Like it's, I don't know. I thought it was going to be more compelling. He just says that, and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard people say that a million times. It's I'm a not bit campy, you know. It's a, yeah. it's one of the which like campy fine. moments, which is fine, yeah. But it's kind of funny. But like, yeah, it's a, yeah. I I like it's it's status in the film world is just a, a bit like I don't kind of get it. And then he made that I same guess... performance two more times, and it's just like yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I guess it also comes to that point because I find I feel like he's more interesting of a character when he's like in the other cell when he's not in the asylum and he's like in I don't know wherever the other place is. I feel like he's more interesting like... there somehow. Okay. I, like, I think he's in West Virginia. Doesn't he go to West Virginia? Yeah, maybe. He goes Don't to they, or to Tennessee or something? Tennessee? I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Tennessee because it they go to see the, the, the senator. Uh, mm-hmm. I like him in the asylum. I think that I, I like that setup and I like the, the visual style of how they're talking. I think it looks really nice in the asylum. But yeah. I get it's you. kind of, he's like a, it's interesting because he's like a bird. It's like it's very bird cagey. Like there's just a cage in the middle of this like pretty yeah, nice room. So weird. Like it's weird. Yeah. It's almost like why yeah, did you think this was gonna end? Well. No, for sure. Um, anyway, wait. Let's get back on track. So yeah. she yes. drives like whip whip to the place where she's like, oh, Mr. Moffat owns this like rents this place, and he's like, the old guy's like, yeah, it's rented through whatever ten years, and she's like, sweet, let's get into this can't open it so she takes her car jack thing and it's like and then she's like if any if i die or anything this thing closes here's my card and call somebody yeah and he's like all right so then she rolls underneath the little storage thing goes in and it's just all creepy bits and then there's like this car or is it a hearse not sure then she goes in and she sees the head of lover and she's like fake eyelashes on let me get the forget it here. 
Uh, but she has to wait because the door closed. So yeah, so she, she has to, yeah, she has to get somebody. So uh, what happens next is there is a moment just on the topic of like the sexism of the film. Um, Clarice has like one friend in the academy, and it's a woman, and they're like on a run testing each other um, with like different codes that I don't mean shit in the FBI, and um, they're running, and there's like the men who are running like, the other direction are like checking them out. Yeah, it's like, what's and up? it's like, can't we just be agents? Uh, I like that training um, montage for one other reason as well, because there's it's like a we got a little training montage after they find the head, and um, there's one where they go into where they have like a combat training and they go into a room, and Clarice fucks up because she doesn't check a corner, um, and mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Because yeah, because like for, they don't like they show her making the mistake, but it's like it's like part of the course. It's not like they're making her look stupid or something. It's not even like mm-hmm. anybody pays attention to it. It's just like, yeah, she made a mistake. That's part of the course. I like that. Usually when something like this happens in the film, it's like a big thing or whatever. the fuck. Here's just like, yeah, yeah. she made a mistake. It's training, whatever. Second of all, it's, it's important idea. for the final showdown of the film that she checks the corner. So that's, that's it is. Um, and then we find out. So she's, there's the running and then we find out that Lecter like somehow made Migs die after the whole him being rude thing, throwing cum. Yeah, I think it's basically like they heard Lecter talking to Migs through the wall throughout the night. And I guess he just like, because Migs is like very visibly and like audibly insane. Um, Like he's like, just like constantly talking and like muttering to himself and, you know. Jerking off. Jerking off, um, you know beating his meat etc um tugging his belly roll um and so he Mm. (laughs) yeah disgusting so he i wonder what he usually comes into when there's not a woman to throw his cum on what does he do with it um i don't know do they get do they get jam for their bread because if not ew Ew, okay don't knock it till you tried it um no so yeah <laughs> so he <laughs> so, Welcome to the yeah, podcast, so Sonia. this is what it usually is <laughs> yeah it's usually this um yeah so like he i guess about just, her experiences i have never eaten semen on toast um yes because you have don't tell them but yeah so he like i, I think he just kind of because because um lecter like, is so intelligent Lecter's so intelligent and Megs is like just insane. I think Lecter could pretty easily just like somehow talk him into a complete mental breakdown. Yeah. I mean, um, and yeah, so Megs just, yeah, Megs just swallows his tongue somehow. Um, and then the whole thing about the story shocker happens. Um, Clarice goes back to the asylum, but it's like lashing rain. Um, and she determines that Hester Moffat stands for the rest of me. Um, like it's a, it's a, it's an anagram for the rest yeah. of me, which basically means that the rest of Hannibal is in that locker. Anything that would like have more answers about him is in there. Um, she comes in. It's pouring rain. Lecter like gives her a towel, um, and we sweet. find out that yeah, which is super sweet and romantic, honestly. Super yeah, nice. thanks Hannibal. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter is honestly just like romantic icon. Ryan Gosling yeah. is very sh- misunderstood. Yeah, very misunderstood. Yeah. Um. And he, so we find out that the head that was in the storage locker is of an old patient. Um, and also he, so Lecter, it like loves drawing and there was loads of drawings in his room, in his cell before. They were all taken away um, because of, as a punishment for 
making Migs kill himself. Um, and also he's made watch like a gospel program. Then because, I guess because he's noticed like Clarice is super intelligent and like worked out the Hester Moffat thing super quickly. Um, he like is like, yeah, I'll do a psychological profile on Buffalo Bill. Then we get to the point of there's a man freaking buffalo bill jumping in the scene um there's a woman who is like just done some shopping she's arriving back to her apartment that cut um, to her driving is fucking amazing i love that yeah she's just having a little sing song having a great time so she's she swerves swerves into where she lives goes to park and it's like i'm gonna park up bring my groceries in she says hey what's up to her cat and then she sees this man try to move a sofa into the back of a van and he's struggling hardcore. So she's like, I'm gonna be nice, I'm gonna help a dude out. Which at this point I'm like, bitch, you're dumb. Yeah, yeah the, have you not the seen the rest thing? of the film? And then he's like, Okay, did you, you not know about coronavirus? Don't go in there, nobody. Nobody. And then he's like, All right, get in and you can just pull it up. And she's like, All right, grand. And then she <laughs> Like, okay. Well, to be and fair, he first kind of like makes her pick up the sofa and then turns her into the van. So it's like, at this point, she'd have to like drop it down and leave. So she, he's got like, the guy has a cast on his arm. And um, so that's why he's struggling so much with the couch. <laughs> he like, so the girl offers him help. And she, he's like, oh, that's really nice of you or whatever. And she says, that's okay. You look kind of handicapped. It's in the nineties. It's okay to say stuff like that. <laughs> and Parker, Parker, where so I was watching it with Parker, and he was just like, "He's not a serial killer. He just kills her for that comment because he's just like being called handicapped by the stranger." Rude, but yeah. So he like strips her, or he like so yeah. He gets her to the van as you have described, and then he just goes, "You're about a size fourteen, are you?" Or something along the lines of that, yeah. which is like strange comment to make and then he um he beats her her so that she's kind of unconscious but she's not fully unconscious and he like rips the back of her dress yeah he takes it off and leaves it there yeah he throws yeah he leaves the dress like he throws the dress out the van so it's like but he doesn't like sexually assault her or anything he just removes her dress and leaves it he just wants to know the size he's looking at he just wants to know like what he wants size 14 yeah Mm -hmm. and then so then there's the whole next thing where they find a body it's not this woman's body it's someone else they find the body and um he's shot skinned and dumped yeah so they determine they like keep he keeps the buffalo bill keeps the women alive for three days and then he yeah he shoots them and skins them and puts them in a river it's there's this weird flashback of her like watching a coffin it's like her her dad dying yeah, yeah. i could have done without all the flashbacks of clarice to be honest i don't care yeah, about I'm her like, what's, that coffin's that i'm like it's her is it her dad who is it yeah there's, there's only two of them but yeah you kind of like it tie, it kind of ties into the story she tells to hannibal later on so i guess they need them for for the full story um so that she doesn't have to explain all that but um yeah i mean they're not yeah it's not that many of them yeah they're, they're not that great i have to say I think that there's because there's only like two and I'm yeah, like there's only two. I don't think these are important enough for me to actually need to see them. Yeah. I like the They're one that, bad, that but... I like the one that takes place in the funeral house because yeah, because it's kinda tied into the it's not like a dream sequence. It's like she kinda walks into the room and then it kinda turns into her dad. 
the memory kind of thing. I think it's kind of interesting. But that um, is a sexist moment when she goes in and there's the body there. And the, he's like, everybody leave. And all the guys are like, what? You don't tell me to leave, lady. Yeah, so basically they decide to bring Clarice on to uh, the investigation of Buffalo Bill. They take her on. And um, the main investigator, the guy, gives her the, the, the case file. And she goes through it when they're driving. I really like that scene. She looks at the photos and everything. She, she hears about all the things that happened to her. And she's trying to kind of contain her emotions, which is a big thing in this film as well. And um, yeah, and then they go to the funeral house where there's the, I guess, the funeral of, uh, of the girl that they found, right? They're doing an autopsy. Yeah, but I think it's in a, isn't that a funeral house though? It's like, don't they that's just take you... it after the funeral? Maybe. Mm-mm. So that's, yeah. So either, either it's the funeral of that person mm-hmm. and then they bring her out there or it's a separate, there's a funeral happening in the funeral home, but also, because a funeral home is where embalmings happen. Mm-hmm. So assumably, like, and I'm guessing to a certain extent, maybe that's where, depending on like where you are, that's where also uh, a postmortem or, or like an autopsy would happen. Maybe. I mean, assumably, because that's yeah, um, I'm so sure. I'm part of my kind of brain, and again, I don't know, and it's not made super clear. I thought more so that it was the funeral that was happening in the funeral home, or like the removal, or whatever, is a different person. It just so happens that it's it's more so that the reason it's happening is to give Clarice that flashback of the funeral of her dad. Maybe, mm-hmm. but that like, yeah. but that because the state of the body of the victim is in is not the state that they would be in when they're being shown in a funeral home so i'm pretty sure that it's just being like oh there's a funeral going on in this funeral home but also there's an autopsy going on in the background well i don't think that they're the same i don't think it's her funeral okay maybe that's Um, that's possible but just to be fair i'm I'm sure that lady that lady has a closed casket there's no other oh for sure but um but uh an autopsy would usually happen before the funeral um, okay. But they're taking like, pictures, I know. though, which is weird because like they're taking that's pictures what they do. of like everything that's like in her body, and they take a picture of her, like her mouth for identity. I don't know why dental records. It's because dental, dental records, records really are the yeah. dental records for someone who doesn't have a criminal record. Dental records are the easiest way you're going to find or identify a body. If it's because Clarice identifies, she's like this isn't a local person. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's that thing of an autopsy will always happen. Like I know my great uncle passed away and he, the funeral was delayed because they were doing an autopsy um, mm, okay. and they couldn't have the funeral until they had the autopsy. So the autopsy always comes first okay. because for whatever reason, because that's like the, if oh, that makes sense, someone wants, because if you want to, like, cause it depends if you're, if the loved ones or even, I don't know if you left it in your will or whatever, if you want to be cremated, then the funeral is sort of a cremation and it's not but like you know there's that thing of like the funeral happens and then the the body is cremated or you've got the body is embalmed and you go like i know my nana was embalmed and like the wake happened she'd already been embalmed Mm -hmm. so it's like the anything that needs to happen before the body is buried or like gone has to happen before any sort of formal event happens well that makes sense yeah i guess it's a lot easier that way um just um, kind of do that first right rather yeah. than do a funeral first and then go back and do all this kind of stuff i don't know 
Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of because the funeral's supposed to be sort of um like um an event or something that like gives the family some peace or it's like supposed to be like and this is it this is the chapter closing but if there needs to be an autopsy or if there's some investigation that happens all of that happening after a funeral would mean that like the chapter is not closed and you're kind of stuck in this sort of horrible state of still trying to find things out whereas at least if the funeral happens once everything is sort of finished and done with that's way nicer for the family yeah yeah um it makes sense when they're doing this bits they find like she can see from the picture there's dark shit in her mouth so they're like open that bitch up and then they find (laughs) but again the person that's doing this thing is like hitting on her and i'm like lads but the great thing the great thing about clarice is that she is so i wrote down that she was a feminist icon (laughs) but the great the great thing about clarice is that she's like she doesn't care that like men might like not value her opinion or anything as much she still like asserts her power and her authority so like there's lots of like policemen or like you know sheriffs or whatever in the room where the autopsy is supposed to take place the body's still in a body bag zipped up but um she basically clears the room she's not kind of being like feeble or like afraid to speak up she's just like hey this is great that this has happened but like we need you all to clear the room like out of respect everything we need to do this you all need to go and like the men don't question her in the sense of like they definitely look at her and are a bit like ugh why is a woman telling us what to do but like she's authoritative authoritative enough that they're like okay fine and they leave and they're able to do the autopsy without this like whole variety of people in there who like I think it kind of goes from that thing of like you know she's in the FBI and the other guys in the FBI the other people are all just policemen who when you think about it and they are they are all men but it, i mean if you think about it it's that thing of like if you're in a small town these kind of things don't happen that often so it's like they're all super interested and they want to see what's going on and she's like okay we don't need an audience like this is a criminal investigation you guys all need to go because they're sort of just there for shits and giggles yeah like they're not there because they're going to be able to add anything of value or like discover anything interesting that's a good point she's yeah, like get she, the fuck out yeah she does a great like yeah she tells them off really well and then that whole autopsy autopsy scene is um yeah i think it's amazing the, the way it's filmed the way it's kind of framed the way they talk about it the way she the, the yeah jodie foster is really really dialed in in the scene i think like everything she says is very logical and rational but there's always like a like a shiver in her voice like she like you know you can kind of see something's going on but she doesn't let it out it's really great i really love it and you don't really see the body much anyway they they Mm -hmm. look when they first look at her they kind of just describe what happened to her and what's the cause of death and you just see the faces of the people looking at it again in pretty pretty big close-ups you just see their faces um and then you only start seeing like parts of it once her once they like turn her over and once they put like yeah once they take the the thing out of her mouth uh, just because it's like yeah necessary for the plot for you to see it but you don't really need to see anything else yeah i think it's because it's it's nothing of like when whenever you see like these kind of and i mean they're sort of rare but if you see an autopsy scene in like a tv show or a movie i always feel like even though maybe that's not always the intention if they're showing like a female body and they're like showing the boobies and like full frontal nudity i'm always like this is sort of poor taste because it's like yeah. it's like I understand that, yeah, like, we're seeing an autopsy, but at the end of the day, like, none of this is necessary, and you're just showing me titties to show me titties. 
and then it's corpse titties, which I really don't need to see or want to well, see. Yeah, it depends it's not, on the film, but yeah, it I, depends. I yeah, sometimes, sometimes the context happens, it's yeah. necessary, and sometimes it's like makes sense within the film. But like at the end of the day, it's like if it's not at all relevant to the plot or like in, like necessary for us to see, it just comes across as kind of like taking advantage of being like, look, it's some titties and a naked lady, while also but, they're they're dead. You're making it sound like like the film industry used titties as something to draw people in, or I don't know. I don't think that ever happened. I know it's it's a bold it's a bold statement. Um, Sonia, what's your opinion on on titties in the film industry? Um, I think sometimes, yeah, it adds to like what the kind of films trying to portray. Like, say, if you look at um, a very different film, but like say Wolf of Wall Street. They're mm. everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. But it's kind of like it's not in poor taste because that's kind of like what the film is. The film is out there. It's like come like this crazy kind of lifestyle, and it's it, it's really not important. But like it wouldn't be the same like effect if they didn't have like the naked ladies or, or all that shit going on. Like it wouldn't be the same like out there kind of not out there i'm trying extravagant kind of yeah well the film is about poor taste the film is about (laughs) extravagant people and if you don't show them being extravagant what's the point yeah but i get in this film like it's really not needed because that's not really part of the story like it's not really that seeing a naked autopsy body is not really like this body isn't insanely important uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just like a thing of, it's a very sad, this film is sad. This film is full of like a very melancholic kind of atmosphere. It's about sad things. It's about how terrible things kind of kind of eat up, eat you up. You know, there's no sort of sensational, sensationalist kind of, you know, murder stuff in it. It's, it's, it's about how terrible things happen to people and how you as a you know when your job is to deal with that kind of stuff you just need to take your emotions out and and deal with it and it's about how hard it is so yeah if you see like a bunch of tits in the middle of that scene it might be a little bit like okay yeah it would be like it yeah it wouldn't be like i don't know i think there's enough left to imagination it's not needed yeah i mean again i don't think that the tits would be the biggest like issue here like people have tits generally like you know a, a lot of people do and, oh. you know, when you see them on a dead body, you know, I think there's still a lot of films where you see them. And it's not very sexual. Um, I think it's more about like the, the wounds and the, the, the violence of that kind of scene that would, that I think when it's submitted, it's, it's important, you know, sure. The n- nudity as well, you know, there's, there's a certain kind of respect for that woman who was killed, I guess. Uh, yeah. That's fictional true. character woman. But even when they go like to the next scene, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. the next scene is when the woman is trapped in the hole. Yes. The woman that was abducted, this, like the woman that he put in the back of his van. Yeah, and Catherine, yeah. She's not, she's not naked. No. no. She's like, she's fully clothed. Because it's not about that. Like, it's not yeah. like, that's not the part. Like, he doesn't want to like, he just wants their skin. He doesn't want to like, I don't know, embarrass them, I guess, maybe. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's not a, he's not a sexual, he's not like sexually attracted to women, it seems. Yeah. Um. It's kind of in, insinuated that he's not attracted to women at all. It's yeah, so it's more so. It's a different. It's a different agenda. So he's like he doesn't need to see them naked. It's not yeah, necessary. Like he's motivated. He basically is just trying to get 
build a bodysuit so that he can be a woman because he yeah. wants a sex change. Yeah. So what's what happens next is so they're doing they do the postmortem um and they find the thing kind of that's most valuable in terms of forwarding the investigation at all because like all the bodies have kind of been found in the same sort of thing it's more so just a, like this is how we know that it's buffalo bill again um but nothing is like pushed the investigation forward at all but clarice noticed that there's something in the throat like you mentioned um and they um find like a a pod like a bug pod a chrysalis or something yeah, a cocoon. A cocoon, yeah, yeah that's the word they found a cocoon in um her throat and um clarice like immediately and it and it's far enough down that they're like that wouldn't have just been like in there like by nature that like someone shoved that in there and so she and they take it they put it in a jar and then clarice like puts water in it or something to preserve it and closes it yeah. and the next scene is it's just like a the next scene is just like a transition but it, i think it's i really like it it's basically crawford who's the professor points out that he's like because he at some point earlier had like said that there was things about the crime scene or whatever that or the body that he didn't want to talk about in front of a woman he says that to another one of the police officers sort of as just a passing comment um and then like later he's like hey i just like i didn't want to talk i, I said that because i just wanted to get rid of that guy it wasn't that i didn't think you could take it or whatever and clarice rather than being like that's fine um clarice is like because the thing is is that i don't think there's ever i don't think there's ill will with what he says like he's like i did that for this purpose and the fact that he's like apologizing and saying it shows that he is aware of like the the like implications of him like saying something like that in terms of how that would affect her but not necessarily like a broader effect but she points Clarice points out that like by him doing that like other agents look up to him or look to him to see how they should behave so the way he behaves matters um and I really liked that because it's like Clarice is like listen listen shit matters and she's just a feminist icon no, it's a wonderful scene. I agree with that. I think it's, it's great. really important for that. It's like it takes a minute but it really adds a little bit of you know um, a lot more to the film, I think, that she just says that and he kind of engages with that as well. They seem to have like a conversation where they both understand each other. Um, yeah, but he's what? like, okay. He yeah. doesn't say like, oh, fuck off. He's like, okay, yeah. yeah I'll try. Like, he, I think he says something like he either apologizes or is like, yeah, you're he right. He just says point taken. And... Like he's like point taken yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But um, but I, I don't think there's like, you know, well, like you, you, you kind of have to acknowledge that Crawford is is using her is he, he's using her for a lot of things first mm-hmm. to get to Hannibal uh because he knows that's gonna work somehow you know like he kind of gets the idea of like oh I have this intelligent young woman you know that's gonna be easier to get to Hannibal than like you know like a run-of-the-mill FBI agent um and then he uses her for this you know so you know he does help her he he does respect her I think but he still uses her and her as a woman in a lot of ways you know for sure which is, I don't know, he's an FBI agent. He's got shit to do. You know, I don't want to judge him, but, you know, just saying. Uh, yeah, okay. And then you see the, yeah, what Sonia talked about, uh, Buffalo Bill's house. Wonderful dolly shot. Fucking amazing shot when it goes through the rooms. And you see her in the hall. And you see him sitting at his desk, listening to some music. It's great stuff. Yeah, uh, are we I in think- his house already? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just like this little one shot kind of, or like a few oh, shot yeah, okay. scene, and like, that doesn't, nothing happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? 
he's in the hole. Yeah, he he basically has a fucking hole in his basement where he put her. It's uh, it's something. Spooky. It's like a well under his house. Yeah. Um. Spooky. But yeah. And oh, then okay. she went back. It was raining. She went back to um, museum. No, she went to the wait. Was freaking nerds there? That was ages ago. Yeah, she goes to the museum with the nerds, and they. So they, what's, what I found interesting is, and it's not really, I don't think it's actually super significant, but like the nerd cuts the moth, the, the pod, he like cuts it in the same way that the, the victim's backs are cut. So he cuts like a slit on the left and the slit on the right, like yeah. kind of like wings. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting to that me. That is very and interesting. I mean, yeah, cool. purposeful, not, not really explored much beyond that, but I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that the bug is Asian and would like need to be specifically bred. Like you would need to import the eggs or whatever. Um, so that like, again, narrows down, not narrows down, but like gives them kind of somewhere to go from where it's like, let's find all the people who import these eggs or the breeders of these things to find out who it is. Yeah. One of the nerds also uh, asks her out, which is one of the nicer maybe moments where she's uh, oh, yeah. approached in that way. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty nice scene. And with that, I think there's also kind of an interesting thing is that the dynamic in that scene is different, mm-hmm. which is what makes it more acceptable in a way is like she's the one with power in that scene. Like she's, yeah, like they're just two nerds in a museum and she's like an FBI student agent um kind of thing so like she sort of got the power in the situation where she's like hey do this for me and they're like yeah okay and also this guy is like a nerd he's cute yeah he's he's got i don't know what it's called in in english but his eyes like uh look into different directions he's cross-eyed that's yeah uh, cross-eyed thank you but i don't know but he's fucked up I don't know. I think, he's, I think he's pretty cute. I don't know. I thought he looked pretty nice. Um, I don't know. But but the way yeah, he the, asks, term... the way he flirts with her is definitely different because he's very open about it and he's just like, "Hey, do you do anything after this?" And she's like, "Are you flirting with me?" And he's like, "Yes." And that's pretty much the end of the scene. But like, it's like I don't know. Compared to it's like innocent. the you know the director of the asylum or whatever the fuck you know, he's like yeah, he seems normal. Well, I mean, it's that kind of thing of like it's a because I mean, flirting is not inherently misogynistic, like people flirt that's how things happen but the it's the point of like the power play is what the problem with yeah. the other times have been yeah. is that like people looking at me like say like the fellow students watching them as they run is like a creepy thing of like oh they're looking at them because they're the only women and they're like haha look it's the women and they're running it's like Isn't that so funny? yeah and then like the chilton the like the chilton scenario is like it's a power play where he's yeah. like you need, you need what I have. You need the access that I have. Yeah. And he's like, you know, flirting with her in that way that it's like, gross. I earned you. Um, and he's got the power over her. Whereas, yeah, the guy in the museum is, it's just like a normal sort of flirting situation. And you kind of, yeah, you get the impression that they're sort of similar ages as well, as opposed to like children is definitely older than Clarice. Um, whereas Clarice and the guy in the museum are probably similar ages maybe um what happens next um so next what happens is um clarice returns to the asylum and she basically offers hannibal better conditions in exchange for finding buffalo bill in time to save catherine who we've learned catherine who's the girl who's been kidnapped is the daughter of a senator 
Um, and the senator like puts out a public appeal. So Clarice is like, hey, if you help us like do profile on Bill and like find him, locate him, identify who he is. Yeah, he wants like a um, view by the water or something. Yeah, he's like, if you identify him, she's like, if you identify him in time for us to find Catherine alive, then um, you can be relocated to this place, which is like, has a view of the sea. Because right now he's got no windows or anything. He's like, she's like, we'll relocate you to somewhere with the view of the sea. And once every month or something, or once every few months or something like that, you'll get, a, you'll get to go to this island. And once a week you can walk on the beach. Um, so it's just offering him like better conditions, obviously in exchange for helping them solve the case. But then we learn that the offer was phony. And um, yeah, that's and nice. this is because Chilton had like bugged the room. Um, so I think, yes, yeah, so some insignificant stuff happens in between. But basically yeah. Chilton had bugged the cell. And so he's listening and he gets the intel of like, oh, well, Clarissa said this. Well, I don't want to get rid of him because he's like a high profile inmate or whatever. So he goes to Chilton, or he goes to Hannibal, and he offers him. He he tells him that the offer was completely phony. By well, the thing is, Hannibal inner... Hannibal knows right away that the that the offer is phony. That's not mm-hmm. why he does it. He wants to talk to Clarice. He says it's gonna be a quid pro quo. I tell you something, you tell me something back. And then Chilton exactly. goes in there, and he's like talking to him, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, "You piece of shit. They know this is gonna happen." Mark, mark, mark. And then he <laughs> puts his pen down on the pillow, and it's like you're an idiot. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, that's like one of the rules is like you can only have soft paper around Hannibal, yeah. and like don't yeah. have a pencil, and don't like, have a pen. Had, he, like sees the pen, and like, and then when so Hannibal does get moved because something they do go ahead with the deal or some description because he does get transported to. No, West so they transport Memphis. him because he's like he gives uh, Chilton the first name, right? His name oh. is. Louis or Louis whoever. Friend. Louis, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to give you the full name. I'm going to give the full name to the senator. So they like transport him to the senator so that uh, he talks to her and gives her the full name. So that's why they transport him. It's not the deal. It's, it's just this. Okay, I get you. And then he's like in that nice spot, but he still has the pen. And then they're like, can you sign this thing? And he's like, oh, where's my pen at? Yeah, and he doesn't have it. Yeah. Like, signed transfer papers and he's like where's my freaking my pin it's like bitch Hannibal has it you idiot I know that there was like a five yeah, second close up on that pen right yeah like, children should have realized close up sir you've seen this idiot. before I have idiot yeah um, Abby hasn't seen it before and she realized something fishy is going on you know and then I wrote in my notes again I hope that dude Chilton dies leaves a pen nope <laughs> So, so then he just goes is, and they, they take him there and he meets the senator. So obviously he has the pen after Chilton be looking for the pen when he had, goes to the transport in Memphis because that's where they went. And then I have a quick PSA in my notes. Smoked a J, had a bottle of wine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you apologize to yourself or to the listeners or to us? I'm apologizing to everyone. Um, and then... Clarice goes to where he is in the little like birdcage situation. So basically what yeah. happens with the senator is they go and meet the senator yeah. and he is very rude to her. He also, that's when we see him in like kind of the, the classic, you know, kind of outfit where they put a mask on his face so he doesn't bite. Um, 
Yeah, he's, like, he's got a he's got like a muzzle and a straight jacket on. Yeah, he's like can't yeah, move at all, it. and they just kind of wheel him in to talk to the senator. And the senator's like, "Yeah, we're gonna help you out." And yeah, she looks like she means it. She's like, "Cool." And then he says, "Yeah." And he starts talking about her tits, which is very rude. Um, and uh, yeah, the, what he says is really, really quite you know a little bit explicit. Honestly, I don't know. It's like it's it's weird. Uh, considering yeah. how how nice like how he doesn't like all the other, he says he doesn't like you know rudeness and stuff like that he he is very rude. Um, I think the point is like, and I, and I don't know exactly why he's doing it, but he's definitely got some kind of like sort of an ulterior motive. Yeah, that like he has a reason for behaving the way he does because he wants a certain outcome. Well, I. Yeah, well, he he stages it so that he has a chance to escape. That's kind of the whole thing. Like, this is uh-huh. kind of, we're getting towards his escape route over, like, how he's going to get out of all of this. So he's basically just making kind of a mess and buying time for himself by making a fake name and just... Yeah, so he basically gives them the Lewis friend, the full name, and then they just put him in this fucking big cage in a place somewhere uh, where he chills out for a while. The next thing that happens is Clarice visits him in his little bird cage. Bird cage? Mm-hmm. Clarice visits him in his little bird cage cell mm-hmm. and we find out so we've gotten like a little bit of background on Clarice so basically she what her mom died when she was young and then her dad died her dad was like a sheriff or uh he yeah. wasn't a sheriff he wasn't as important but he was he had something to do with like law enforcement he did something he died as well and then she so she was 10 uh, both her parents are dead and she moved in with her aunt and uncle and her aunt and uncle were nice, so they lived on a ranch. And so she mm-hmm. ran away when she was 10 as well. So they shouldn't last there very long. And she, yeah, so that's that. That's kind of all we learn is that she ran away. She's orphaned, etc. Um, and we find out that she ran away because of screaming. Um, Clarice wakes up one night and she hears screaming. Like, it sounds like a child. Um, and she goes down to, what are they called? The barn. She goes into the barn and there's like lambs that are screaming because they're being slaughtered for like the spring slaughter. And um, that's basically she it like traumatizes her and she runs away. She takes one of the lambs. She wants to save them all. She opens the gate. None of them will come because they're like, this is what we have to do. And she's like, no. And she takes one and she runs away with it. And then a policeman like picks her up and brings and then she like goes to maybe another aunt or something or an, an uncle and then she, no, she goes to an orphanage. Uh, orphanage yeah. Yeah. and then she sings the song will come out tomorrow she has a broadway smash hit mm-hmm. called annie oh um, and she's a sensation. Oh, but, but her name is clarice she it dyes can't... her hair oh she curls it she gets a big old perm dyes changes her hair her red name? changes her identity my name mm-hmm. is now annie um mm. that's it Oh, okay, that's that's it for the bit. Yeah, nothing more. That's it for the bit. Okay, thanks. It's not a bit. It's factual. It's yeah, that's what happened. I love this story. I love um, I love this. The sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, you can leave. Me and Matthew will take it from here. Yeah, I think Fetch me and Sonia get this coming. tomorrow. Don't be son. You sound like my three-year-old niece trying to sing anything. I mean, he's a boy. He's a boy. <laughs> you sound like my three-year-old niece, but he's a nephew. But he's a boy. So, so gotcha. Mm. That's it. Gotcha on that one, bitch. Wow, you told her. I love that. <laughs> you really told me. 
Um, that's yeah, a, that's so, an amazing way to drop a film title, I think, where you drop the opposite of the film title because uh, Hannibal keeps mm-hmm. saying the screaming of the lambs instead of the mm-hmm. silence of the lambs. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's that's what it's called. Yeah, but yeah, not, but not really. Like, oh, oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what's called, but the opposite. You are too high to realize, oh, but it's the opposite. That's what's called. Silence of the lambs. That's I was like, oh, I get it, because she's trying to drop the screaming of the lambs. I was like, oh. yeah, exactly, right. She's trying to silence the lambs. She's trying to silence them. Silence the screaming, yeah. The thing is, when you silence the lambs, um, it clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow till there's none. But when you're stuck with a... Yeah, but when you're stuck with a day that's grey and lonely, just dig up your chin and grin and say, oh, the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar. You know what I'd like to do now? I'd like to tomorrow. recreate the scene Kill from Serial... No, yes, also, but uh, I would like <laughs> to recreate the scene from Serial Mom. Remember that scene where she murders the lady with, uh, with a chicken leg? That's watching I've not Annie. seen that. No, you have. It was at my house. Oh, no, you, lo- I, you, you, no, you I went left. Home. Oh, you suck. Yeah, I went left. Yeah. <clears throat> Fucking spoiled the film, you piece of shit. Uh, there's a wonderful scene where um, uh, a lady watches Annie because she rented on VHS. So she watches Annie and she sings along and a dog licks her feet because it's a John Waters film. And Serial Mom comes behind her with a chicken leg and murders her while, while Annie's playing with the chicken leg. It's pretty great. Oh you guys want to hear my um, train of thoughts? I just run emotions. Yes. Yes, please. Would love to hear. She goes to where he is. I'm mm-hmm. scared. Something okay. bad to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. In, in quotations, he's so creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like somebody else said that. Nightmares. Eep. Anxiety mm-hmm. level 1000. And then they said the signs of lamp thing. Then go, oh, that's why it's called that. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of like logic there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Amazing, incredible. And then I go. She leaves, still scared, sharing emotions. It's <laughs> good to share emotions. <laughs> oh yeah, very important. Okay, people giving him food. First, we figure out that Lewis' friend uh, stands for iron iron sulfide. Um, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So Lewis Friends stands for iron sulfide, which is fool's gold. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not sure I super understood why that was significant. Fool's it's gold. just it's just a um how do you call that? Uh it's like something to divert your attention. It's uh fuck, there's like a word for it. Whatever. Uh yeah, it's just used to divert titties. the attention of the po- yeah, it's titties. It's titties for the police. So <laughs> the police go and chase the titties. It's a distraction. Yes, titties. it's a distraction. Thank you. Um Titties. Yes. Synonym. Yeah, it is synonym. Titties. Hmm. I've heard I knew it. it. I've heard that before. The titties. sun will come out tomorrow, <laughs> so you gotta hang on till tomorrow. Yes, now, now, now I want to kill myself. Now I don't want me. Like, Zoom, like, cut out your audio because it couldn't take it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no. It was too good. That's what happened. Yeah, so what happens next is that happens. Um, Hannibal returns the case file to Clarice. Clarice gets taken away by the police because, again, she's not supposed to be there. She's yeah. on, she was only let in because there was like solidarity between women where there was another female police officer mm-hmm. at the desk admitting people. And the guy was kind of like, you need to be working on the case in order to be here. And the woman was just like, the woman just gives a look and they're like, yeah, you can go in. Which doesn't, yeah. it didn't really fully make sense. But I was like, yeah, solidarity, feminism. You get yeah. it. 
Let a girl do it. The men. Fuck the patriarchy. Kill all men. Twenty twenty. That's what I say. Okay. Um. But yeah, so basically, yeah, they bring Hannibal his dindins, um, but he has, like, I guess done something to the pen to get, like, a weapon out of it somehow. Not a weapon, a key. Oh, he just, it's just a little part of the pen that's, like, on top of the pen, right? In his mouth, for some reason. Again. Yeah, it's like the ballpoint of the pen that he yeah. can uh-huh. open, that he's gonna go. But no, that's not what he does with it. Yeah, I know, I actually didn't, full disclosure, didn't watch that part, I covered my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I get so scared. <laughs> Little scared of this part now. Um, yeah. So yeah, he takes a bit of the pen and he's kept it in his mouth. I don't know. Maybe he did some David Blaine shit and he like had it in his stomach. But yeah. So basically, like when they bring him his food, there's two officers and they have to like handcuff him to the outside, um, and then come in, give him his food, leave, etc., or what the fuck ever. But he has managed to he's like spat the little bit out into his hand and then he has his hands behind and there's that cool thing of he has his like thumbs in like he's got he has his hands aren't flat out his hands are sort of in fists or whatever so like he's able to hide something in it but then that's like a callback to the scene where Clarice gets in not in trouble it's it's a scene where Clarice has the initiative to be like you know hands up thumbs out or whatever um, and that's the scene where she gets um, she fails because she hasn't checked the corner yeah. but what she has done is told the person to keep their thumbs out which obviously makes it clear like there's nothing in your hands because if your thumbs are out and your hands are splayed you can't there's nothing yeah. in there you couldn't really be hiding anything whereas Hannibal has got his hands kind of fisted fisted a um, his hands are in a fist Hannibal's hands are in a fist and so he's able to hide something in there because the officers don't like correct him they're not yeah. like keep your thumbs out so he's able yeah. to hide something there. And it's like... Yeah. Part of the men, she knows. This would not have happened on Clarice's watch. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's true. Not a chance. It's yeah. an interesting scene for a f- uh, few reasons, I think. Uh, first one is those policemen are very nice to Hannibal. Like, the only reason Hannibal is really uh, able to do what he's doing, which is escape from the um, cuffs and then go through the whole plan, is that those guys kind of respect him and they're like, they come in with the dinner and he's like, he's a dude. And they're like, yeah, we get you, dude. The lad. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we meet them for the first time, they tell him we're going to be as nice to you as you, as you are nice to us. Right. So they kind of, they, they are nice, I guess, because there was no reason to kind of not be nice to him. So they come in with the food. Okay. Oh yeah. But you know, I guess they deal with that kind of people all the time, you know? So like, what are you gonna do that's their work so they come in with the food and hannibal's like can you please watch out for the drawings right don't put it on my drawings." so they put the foot down and they like roll up the drawings nicely and it all takes time which kind of buys him time to escape from the cuffs and murder them um yeah and it kind of shows you that thing of like you know it's not like he's he's nice to clarice because he's interested in her but it's not like he's nice to all the nice people Mm. he's murdering those two guys because they're in his way and he doesn't care that they respected him and were nice to him and didn't do anything to him. You know, he doesn't care about that. I think to him, it's to Hannibal, it's not so much about nice, it's about intelligence. And he's like, these guys are nice, but they're not like intelligent. Like there's nothing of value that they're offering him besides giving yeah. him food. Like there's no valuable conversation. There's no reason to keep them alive. Whereas with Clarice, she's super interesting and super intelligent. So there's a reason there's to, no keep competition. Them alive, or to keep her alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. yeah there's so like, bored. And it's, yeah, exactly. And it's also interesting because there's that element of like, he sort of comes across as this like super tidy person. Um, and again, like super intelligent, um, 
subtle whatever because you know he's like been able to sort of smuggle somehow this like thing that he's going to use to untie the um handcuffs but like the way he kills them is super messy like he just launches on one of them like bites part of his face off because he's cannibal yeah Um, sonia didn't see that part so you're explained oh yeah he bites someone he bites a bit of someone's face off he like beats the shit out of the other guy kind of like there's blood splashes up on his shirt he gets the other guy and you know he just kind of kind of very messily yeah it's messy gets the both of them and then what happens is um he he then yeah so what happens then is that he kills seemingly he kills the both of them um, and then he hangs one of them up yeah i think maybe by their skin the interesting thing about the hanging up was that that is sort of happens in the hannibal tv show i've only watched a few episodes um i started watching it a few weeks ago and i haven't continued watching it um but yeah there's an episode where one of them like he's trying to it's like a biblical thing where there's a murderer who is trying to what is it he's got he's got a brain tumor and the um all of his victims he like cuts their skin in a way that creates wings and they're like angels praying over him okay so i don't know it was interesting because i feel like they obviously for the tv show they like borrowed that imagery probably there's more about it in the books or something like that i I could say yeah maybe um but yeah so basically they hang one of them here hannibal hangs one of them up and then the next scene happens and it kind of transpires that one of them is still alive because one of them is lying on the ground and he's like kind of in bits but like the officers come in and they're like hey this one's still breathing it's pembry because one of their names is pembry. yeah pembry is still breathing and that's yeah uh you know it's it's what it's probably the only like action action scene in this film where like the action is mm-hmm. mainly why it's there it's like a like it's a scene just for you to kind of enjoy it for what it is but even in that like action scene there's this moment where where they go into the room and the young policeman is with pembry and the the main officer is like talk to him talk to him he's still breathing you know talk to him and the the, the guy like goes over him he's like what do i say and there's this kind of desperation kind of sadness in him he's like what what do i talk, talk to this dying man about like right now it's it's i don't know it, it really stood out to me as being like wow this kind of, i don't know it's got this emotional weight to it like this young guy just really doesn't know what to do or say. Um, yeah. It's pretty sad. Yeah, it's that thing of like, I guess it's sort of what you train for as a police officer, but you almost yeah. never like accept or expect to have to do it. Like you well, don't expect to have to like tackle something like that. How do you teach somebody, you know, something like this? How do you teach somebody? There's no way. Yeah, to like emotionally respond to situations like that. You just need to know mm-hmm. that it's going to happen. But like when it happens, like you don't know how you're going to react, right? This is a film about people with really hard jobs, honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so it's interesting. He's like still alive and it basically transpires that they're like, hey, where's Hannibal? Um, yeah. And they work it out. They, there's like a gunshot. The elevator's coming down and they're like, hey, who was on that floor? And so they all that's how they get up there in the first place with the yeah. gunshot. But then it's like, they're like, Oh, he's in the, he's in the roof. So when they're bringing the body down of Pembry um, to get him like attention, yeah. they're called the ambulance. Did you watch that part, Sonia? Or did you? Yeah, I did. Okay. Cause as soon as I saw him on the roof, I was like, obviously it's not him. Yeah. Cause they <laughs> see like a little blood dripping from the roof of the elevator. Right. And they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. who's that? So yeah. So they like, 
try they're like okay let's get him down but they're obviously being super delicate and it's it's that interesting thing of like i think throughout the film we're shown hannibal in this way of like he's not super he's definitely um manipulative and you can tell that like you don't want him to like that's one of the first things that crawford says to um to clarice is that you don't want hannibal Lecter in your head because he's super intelligent and super manipulative um but we don't see we do see that but we don't like get as much first-hand experience of his like manipulative skills well you think i think at this moment in the film you still think of hannibal as sort of a guy with some sort of i don't know like you know with some finesse maybe right? oh yeah and yeah what exactly so later, at this point yeah we're basically being faced with like the reality of what hannibal is because throughout it we've been kind of like yeah he's a bit like creepy but he's like yeah he's behind like he's behind a glass like he's yeah. not he's not gonna harm us and then so i mean he's always not gonna harm us this film um but like then you see it's like oh this is like what he does and the kind of the the gravity of that is sort of shown with like there's like 10 police officers and they're all like on alert and like there isn't enough of them almost because they're all like oh this is hannibal he's super notorious so there's like five of them go into the room to go against one guy when they've got guns he's got nothing or he's probably got a gun now because he's killed the police officers um but so it's that interesting thing of like showing that this guy is super notorious without necessarily having any weapons there's yeah. they need like 10 of them to actually get to him and even at that like 10 of them or more are scared to see him like like to see the elevator number like going down they're all like yeah. they're on alert holding their guns yeah it's so really well made. So anyways, what, what, what actually happens is they find out that the guy on top of the elevator that's dripping blood is not Hannibal, but it's actually... Freaking Pembry. Uh, so well, he's in a freaking ambulance. Some... What the heck? Yeah, what happened? He's in the skin right away. I was like, he's in the skin. And then they see the blood in the elevator. I'm like, obviously, dude, he's in the skin of one of them. And that's just their insides. How could they not have thought of that? How do they not think of that? I got it. Have they not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Have they not even ever seen anything before? Are they idiots? Have they never worn a freaking Halloween mask? Have freaking they never idiots? dressed up? Had a good time? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Too busy freaking going to police academy? Nerds. Then they find, like, he's, so he's in the ambulance and he's like, and then kills people in the ambulance and then he gets away. And they're like, what the basically what he did is he cut off the dude's face and put it on his face and then pretended to be that dude dying. So they took him into the ambulance. And when he's in the ambulance, he's safe. He takes up that dude's face in a pretty gruesome little shot. Um, yeah. Definitely the most gruesome thing that happens in this film. But again, very quick kind of, as soon as you realize what's happening, it's kind of over thing. Um, but yeah, pretty, uh, pretty disturbing little bit, which is directly from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like the whole Ed Gain thing of like, yeah cutting off people's faces and putting them on stuff um yeah i laugh here because texas chainsaw massacre 2 basically turns that thing into a joke so every time i think about people putting each other's like other people's faces on i think of texas chainsaw massacre 2 and um yeah that film is like a it's like a looney Tunes sketch with people like putting each other's faces on it's, it's pretty funny they it's always not funny here that in looney tunes in looney tunes yeah. they were always just like ripping faces off and putting them on yeah, but Looney Tunes is kind of, it's also very violent. It's a very violent little cartoon for kids. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is also like that. It's funny and violent. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's as stupid as Looney Tunes. It's just in a hor more horror kind of way. 
maybe we'll talk about it one day. I, 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 I have a complicated relationship with that film. Let's do an uh, episode on the Looney Tunes. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So he's in the skin, whatever. Okay. So the SWAT, the SWAT team goes to the wrong, wrong house. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Clarice. Yeah. So, okay. So this happens because Clarice continues the investigation on her own, right? Um, yeah. And she kind of figures out what Hannibal was talking about throughout the whole film, which is like he was like it, the answer is simple. You just need to think about like the, the essence of things, you know, what does he want? Where does he take it from? Why does he want it? And she kind of figures out that, oh, okay. So the first girl he killed, he probably knew her, right? Because he, you want what you see, right? So it kind of, yeah, so maybe yeah. that's a good way to go forward with this. Let's just go to that place where she was and, and look around, you know, rather than just because the, the, it seems that the way the, the, the victims are spread is random, but but maybe within that area, actually, that's the person he knew. So maybe it's somewhere in that vicinity, you know. Um, remember when he said, he's like, I just want to see trees or water. Like, mm-hmm. that's what he says to Clarice about when he, why he wants, like, what kind of view he wants. And so when she's going around, like, the different places, she's looking outside for, like, the views. Mm-hmm. She's looking outside for the trees and the water. So I feel like that was nearly, like, a subtle clue that he gave her. Possibly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah. everything that Hannibal says is a little bit like like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then, then that's when she tracks down who it actually is. Yeah, so she goes to the the house of the first lady that was that was murdered, and she talks to the to her dad, and it's another kind of somber scene where she walks around uh, her room, which is the same as it was before, and she looks at the pictures, and she finds out that this lady was really into sewing, so there's some sort of connection there. And she oh, yeah, figures yeah. out that he that Buffalo Bill is making like a skin suit out of the women. That that's kind of mm-hmm. his thing. And that's why he wants like a size fourteen is because he wants to be able to sew the skin. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was killing to... like larger women. It's kind of his thing yeah. because he he um, basically his idea is he starves them so that the skin becomes flappy, and that's when he takes it uh, before he murders them. Um, I have a note. <laughs> okay, I'm scared. <laughs> So you know when the SWAT team shows up to the ha- like the house with so the same moment yeah. it's shot that she's knocking mm-hmm. like she's going up somewhere and they're on their way somewhere else and you're like mm-hmm. will it go to the same place that they're going to but obviously not so then they bust in the SWAT team but I have SWAT signals cool <laughs> <laughs> valuable notes that's a good note that's a good note. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's backtrack a little bit because there, there's one very important scene before that happens, before they raid the house, uh, which is also like great. We can talk about it. But like, so she basically calls uh, Crawford and she's like, I, I figured it out. He's making a skin suit. I know where he might be. I'm just going to do some investigation here. But Crawford's like, oh, no, we already got the guy. He, we got this name and we're going there right now to get him. And she's like, oh, oh cool. yeah. So she's like, oh, sweet. We're heading to the same place. Yeah, and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. And he's just like, you just hang back, you know, talk to some people there or whatever, you know, but you just, you know, we're going to handle this from now on. And you were so helpful. Thank you very much. That's great. And Clary's like, okay, cool. You know, and she just, she's like, okay, I'm just, since I'm here, I'm going to go talk to some people, you know, and see what I can figure out, you know, maybe about the backstory or whatever. Uh, so she does just that, goes to like a friend of the first victim, talks to her, and that friend is like, mentions another name that kind of, I think they helped him out with sewing or whatever. In that house that they go to, isn't there butterfly, butterfly wallpaper? There is, yeah, that's gonna yeah. come up in a this second. This is when Penn's notes take over. Oh, okay, so <laughs> that's just, that's a second from now, but yeah, yeah we're nearly there. 
But the reason I wanted to backtrack a little bit is because, yeah, the SWAT team goes uh, somewhere. We think to the, the murderous place. Clarice goes to the other place to talk to the woman, as she knew. And before that, we get the scene in Buffalo Bill's house, which is the famous scene uh, with the song Goodbye Horses playing, uh, which is also which is like one of the more like representative things about this film that people remember and talk about, which is the scene where he's doing makeup and dancing. And also the, mm. the one where Catherine kidnaps the dog. Um, oh, yeah. And this is where kind of the montage starts. You know, it's just like, it's at this point, we're, we're starting to get like the, the editing. Um, I don't know the English name for it. Abby, maybe you know from film studies when you're editing it so that you see two places in like time uh, flowing and like, you know, you cut from one place to another uh, on the same timeline. I don't know if it's that like has parallel, parallel editing. Parallel. What, yeah, that's parallel. Yeah. Parallel editing is what it would be called, like from a direct translation for Polish. That makes sense. But, yeah, a very old kind of editing technique where you just kind of to build tension. You know, there's a train coming, right? In an old Western, there's a train coming. You have a shot of the train going, and somebody's tied to the tracks. So there's oh yeah, a yeah. Oh, yeah but it's train. a different train. Yeah, somebody's on the tracks or whatever. It doesn't have to be the different train, but like to build tension, you cut from one thing in one place to another thing in one place, and at some point they're going to merge, right? So you're just waiting for yeah. that moment. That's where the tension is built. So the film starts doing that and you understand that, but mm -hmm. you don't understand that there are three different places. Like there are three different, um, instead of two, instead of like the SWAT team and Buffalo Bill, there's also Clarice. So you think the SWAT team and Buffalo Bill are going to merge, but it's Clarice and Buffalo Bill merging while the SWAT team opens a, an empty house. Uh, just like breaks into someone's yeah, home. Breaks into an open, deserted house. Um, Grand. It's honestly amazing. I think it's a wonderful, simple editing technique, which is here like, like done to the extreme. Like it's so well done. I mean, at this point, it was recreated a lot, so we kind of know it. It's coming, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, this is so well made. Like it, it gets you. It's so nice. Yeah, because you're waiting for that moment where they come. And you know something maybe is going to be different, but you, I don't know. It's so well done because Clarice is kind of gone from that equation. You don't even think about that at that time, at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's talk about Goodbye Horses. What do you think about that scene? The song? Where the, scene where he's, the scene where he's dancing? That's pretty yeah. good. I don't yeah. have many feelings about it. But like, it's weird. Like, how much of a, like, what kind of suit did he have on at that point? He didn't have a suit. At that point, he just has, he's just wearing a kimono over his naked body. And he's got, I think he's got a, like, hair. I think he's, like, got, he's scalped yeah. someone and he's got their head, their, like, a wake of their hair. But it's, like, got their skin on it. Ew. Yeah. And he just so he's got, like, his a, penis. yeah, he's pee pee between his legs. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't, Rack. doesn't Ian Hamble say that he, the guy wants to be a woman, but he, like, can't? Like he he actually doesn't actually want that. He just wants a change or something of along those lines. Like that's yeah, it's kind of down is because they become butterflies, and he's like trying to think of a way for him to do that. So obviously, so this film was made in 1991. So yes. like trans, like trans, the transgender community wasn't necessarily something that was like ever even talked about, known or talked about. And um, so it was more that kind of thing of like transvestite was like the word. Um, yeah. thrown around so like they're considering him as like a transvestite which I think is just synonymous with like a crossdresser it's not like it's not the same thing as like 
being That's trans right. or like being like I was born a man I want to be a woman and vice versa it's more so just a thing of like I like to dress up as the opposite gender but I'm not I don't identify as the opposite gender and yeah, cool. um, that's I think what the the like the modern interpretation of it is and I think it's kind of the way Hannibal assesses it is that it's like Buffalo Bill doesn't want to be a woman like inherently like on a psychological level he doesn't want to be a woman it's just that like he wants to change so much and he is so confused in his body and also like he's I think he, he, he's gay and he's again it's like at that time that wasn't as much of an accepted thing so he's like well if I feel this way then maybe that just means I'm a woman and he's like I think he's just kind of torn with his identity and he also was like suffered childhood trauma and it's sort of that thing of like all these things are contributing to him choosing like becoming a woman as a solution but that's ultimately not what the core issue is yeah so it's so like cause he he says that like there's different hospitals that do like sex reassignment um which is any like gender confirmation denied surgery all of them, right? but he's yeah he's been like denied from all of them because like and it's the same today um that like you need to um get like approval you need to go through like therapy or like psychological appointments or whatever to confirm that because it's obviously like a severe surgery so you go through those things to have a doctor be like yeah this person genuinely wants this needs this etc whereas you know any therapy this person has gone through has not proved that so it's like he's been denied because his reasoning isn't legitimate i guess in whatever way they assessed it at the time yeah so it's more that he just like i don't know has i mean he's i mean he's a serial killer so he's obviously just fucked up on many levels yeah. yeah that's uh, kind of the problem here because like i think yeah for a film that was made 30 years ago i don't think it's necessarily making you know it's it's trying to i think kind of cover its basis in terms of yeah representing somebody who uh, maybe like you know the film makes the point that uh bill is not transgender and it's like okay but you know it's still there, there it's still like you know the argument that you're gonna hear now against silence of the lambs and that portrayal and that scene uh, especially I guess is that being transgender is used as a thing that you should be afraid of or it's like used mm-hmm. as a weird thing that he does that's kind of supposed to make you feel uh, weird uh, you know because that whole dance and like him tucking his penis in and kind of doing this thing is mm-hmm. like yeah it's kind of it's, it's another kind of source of dread in the film because he, he doesn't associate with the male gender I guess um, so that's kind of the argument you're going to feel. And the film is trying to kind of do this thing of, yeah, there's this line of dialogue where Hannibal's like, oh, no, he's actually not transsexual. He, he's, he's, he's just like a means to an end. But I'm not, you know, but I kind of get also the argument that that's not the end of the conversation. A film can just like say something like that and be like, oh, actually, that's not it. So it's fine. There is a bit more of a complicated thing of like, yeah, you are using this image as something to inflict fear on the audience. So there is a certain responsibility in doing that. And I think the, if the film was made today, there would probably be more on that and it would be explored more. And I think it's, you know, it's a bigger issue right now or like it's more talked about now. Um, but um, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's okay. I think it's, they're, they're trying to do their best with it. But, you know, according to modern standards, yeah, there's a little bit lacking there, I think in general of like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. used a little bit. <clears throat> in an you know exploitative way maybe also there's this one line of dialogue there's this one line of dialogue where hannibal says 
oh, he's not transsexual. He's something a lot more like uh, scary than that or something like that or like more, or a lot more primitive. And you're like, well, but then does that mean that being transsexual is also scary? <laughs> it's like, it's a lot yeah. like a thousand more than... So, so like, it's definitely... If, yeah, you're right in saying that like, if they made this film today, the way that they commented on this would be different. Um, like the whole like gender situation. But, and I mean, I've like studied like transgender, like theater and everything and like identity at length when I was in college. And I feel like it's definitely a thing of, I think the way that they handle it compared to like other films of like mm-hmm. times before the 21st century um, is kind of better in the sense of like, I do think, and you're right, that like Hannibal sort of almost insinuates that it might be scary just mm-hmm. in some way to be like, transsexuals as they say at the time um but like to my mind i think like he's kind of saying you know the issue here isn't this person is transgender like that's not what the problem is yeah that's you know and they can't like and that and basically in saying that i kind of felt was being sort of like ahead of its time in the sense of being like this isn't what makes them a villain like this isn't what the problem is. The problem is like that. They're that's they, they, that's they uh, that's people. that. Yeah, but like as in they're coming up where it's like the salute. This is the solution they've come up with to their problems. But that's not actually what the core of their yeah. problem is. This is just something they've been like, hey, I guess this can be my solution. True. But it's like yeah. they aren't actually someone who fits within that. Yeah, but yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a. Com- complicated portrayal but i think it's done a little bit more delicately than say like other ones may have been especially like around that time especially like in the 80s it was more like portrayed as like a comedy thing yeah um and even up until like still yeah 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 even in the 2000s like up until the 10s think about you think about ace ventura and and stuff like that you know a a film that i love that it's it's really hard to enjoy right now just because of that one thing that happens at the mm. end of that film yeah. um and this is not as bad i think this is a lot more yeah they're trying like you know they address it they try to do something about it but you know stuff times have changed i don't know a little bit still For sure. um, yeah but i think i do think like because definitely like you can watch things and still enjoy them without it also like while also being critical of them but i don't think to as much of an extent that this is like a problem yeah like it's definitely a little bit problematic but i think they sort of handle it a bit better, which I was like impressed yeah. with. It wasn't yeah. completely, that wasn't what was vilified about him mm-hmm. really. You yeah, know, that's, not true. Like, yeah that's, that's true. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to become a woman. He wants to wear a woman's skin. It's like very different. Yeah. Th- there's a different th- difference there. Yeah, for sure. Um, how come nobody's talking about what he says before he starts dancing? Would you fuck me? He says that right to the camera. It's so great. What do you fuck him? Well, the name mm-hmm. of the podcast is Fuck Hog Hill. Like, I'm not going to tell you. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. But isn't that what the podcast is about, Matthew? We talk about it Fuck at the Hog end. Hill. We talk about it at the end. Have you ever listened to the show, Sonia? Yeah, I have, but... She's yeah. busy. I'm busy. I know. <laughs> but at the end, we play a game called Fuck Hog Hill. We're going we're gonna to play it tonight as well. Um, but yeah. he says... Uh, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. It's great. It's so iconic. It's such an iconic. And again, and again, I think 
that's like it is definitely like an iconic kind of line but i think it's also that interesting thing where it again is like commentary where it's like people who are transgender aren't concerned about whether or not they would fuck themselves they're concerned about being comfortable in their own body yeah so like for him it's this like sort of inherently sexual thing yeah, it's sexual in a weird way. He doesn't rape the women, right? But he still wants yeah. to like look good. He's still violating stuff. them. Yeah. Because he is confused and he's like, well, I I think I should be straight. So the only way I can be straight and like men is if I become a woman. That's like, an that's interesting funny. perspective. Sure, yeah. That's like, his, yeah. Would that not be his thought process? Like he doesn't, he wants to be a woman so that he can validate him being gay when he knows being gay is wrong. So he's yeah. like, okay, you become a woman, and then it's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, different, there's, like, layers of identity yeah. and identity problems. That's that true. So then I have not like, when the dog gets kidnapped or she takes the dog yeah. down the hole, Ken's notes here is, dog going to die. <laughs> <laughs> not even dog going to die. God, dog, dog going to die. Going die. <laughs> dog going to die. Dog going to die. Uh, yeah, I like Catherine in that scene because she tries to do something at least. She kidnaps the dog. It's mm. kind of nice. Yeah. Right, and then we get to it. Yeah, she kidnaps the dog. It's the editing thing. We think the SWAT team is going to the house, but it's actually Clarice. She's in Buffalo Bill's house. There we go. What does Ken say? And then I was like, this, I came back in. And I was like, not the right house. And then I just go, told you. <laughs> oh, so now we're having a conversation in notes. Okay. I think I was having my like, conversation with Ken saying, not right house, not right house. And he was probably half asleep. And then she wasn't. I was like, told you, dude. And he was like, fuck off. I'm trying to sleep. And then my next note is, oh, the Carice finds the guy is what I've written. As though that's Yes. yes. Okay. And we, she we're sees, here. Yes. Yeah. So here. she sees in the house, she sees like thread and butterfly. And it's interesting because it's like, the parallel of like the FBI and the SWAT team and everything, which are like, it's really like intense. And she's just there like knocking on the door, like, Hey, yeah. and she's like at the murderer's house. Um, and he, so she goes in and she like sees, they're just kind of having a normal chat. And she's like, Hey, did this person live here? Can you get me their number? And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, and while she's there and he's like looking through business cards, she sees like some thread, and like a butterfly painting i think or no there's a butterfly or a moth on the thread oh yes yes yeah and so we know that this that we know that buffalo bill like breeds moths or something and it's like is him it's him beach because we know that he's also like a seamstress yeah so uh yeah we're at the final showdown of the film and i wrote that whole last scene is fucking fire i must stop writing and i stopped um, I have I'm a stop writing. I have notes from Ken that say shoot him, mm-hmm. and then dog annoying. <laughs> that dog was really not that annoying. It was very cute. And yeah. then I go, okay, finally showing up to the house, the right house, throwing shade on the FBI. <laughs> um, the whole thing happens. Um, Clarice realizes that it's him, and she like gets her gun pulls it out he starts laughing for some fucking reason i don't know and he yeah. she like pulls the gun and she's like freeze and um he's like <laughs> and he goes and gets his gun and then she's like ah and then he runs down the basement i don't know what happens and anyway 
she goes into the thing where where freaking Catherine is and Catherine is like ah help me and Clarice is like don't worry Catherine it's fine I just it's fine don't worry about it um I'm working on it and she and then Catherine's like get me out of here you bitch yeah <laughs> and I'm like honestly Clarice leave her there leave her to rot and then what'd she say she's like do you know where freaking he is ungrateful doesn't she say like do you know where he is and she's like how the fuck would I know I'm in the fucking hole <laughs> <laughs> honestly an icon She's like, why the fuck would I know where he is, you dumb bitch? You're the one that's in the FBI. I'm just a bitch. I'm the one who got kidnapped for helping a sketchy dude at nighttime. I'm not intelligent. Freaking. I love Catherine. She's the best. She's pretty good. She's a dumb bitch. Anyway. She, so then, yeah, the whole thing happens. Clarice is like walking around heavy breathing with her gun. She's like, where the heck is he? And then the lights go out. And she's oh, like, yeah. fuck. And I'm like, fuck, why don't you have your freaking torch, you stupid bitch? Because um, she had a torch earlier in the film. Keep it on you. Um, <laughs> so she's like walking around, doesn't know what's going on. And then Buffalo Bill has his creepy night vision goggles. He's and got he turns splinter cell on. gear on. Yeah. Night vision goggles. Splinter cell gear. So I Buffalo think. Bill has his night vision goggles and he's just like walking around and he sees her and he's watching her and it's really cool. That's not, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it is pretty it's cool. Really like cool. that scene is really cool. It's really well made. It's, it's good. So, yeah. so well shot. So like she goes into so many, it, it takes a while. She goes into different rooms. She sees a lady in the water, in the bath, which is kind of creepy. She goes into one of the rooms. And the last room she sees before the, 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 the light goes off is a room with a dead lady in that bath, like submerged in water. And you just see like a little bit of her head sticking out of it. And then once you kind of start realizing what you're seeing, the, 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 the lights go off and it's just pure darkness. It's so great. Um, it's one of those like subtle kind of, you know, there's something terrible on screen, but we're just going to give you like a little bit of it until you start noticing, you know, how fake it is because it's special effects. It's just like, yeah, cut it off after a few seconds. What gave me the most heebie-jeebies was the moths. I, I'm afraid of moths yeah. and like flying things. And I really didn't like seeing them fly around. And his house was like super dusty and there was yes. just moths. And I was like itchy watching it. Yeah, it's a nasty house for sure. It's like, like a real like, yeah, Ed Gein kind of Texas Chainsaw kind of house. Yeah. Like recent enough to arrest him. Like your house yeah. is grimy. Sort your freaking shit out. Bill. Um... Um, yeah, so basically he yeah. does the splinter cell around. But the thing is, yeah, he's got the advantage over her. She's in the dark. She doesn't know what's happening. But he, you know, he's still got this thing of, that's when it comes back to the craving, you know, that the thing that Hannibal was talking about of like, you look at something and you want it. And he, instead of just shooting her, he kind of like, kind of like hovers around her and touches her hair a little bit and tries to touch her. And it's like, he can't kind of, you know, he still kind of appreciates you know, I don't know, the female form or whatever, you know. It's the and peeping then, Tom element where yeah, he's like, the, I'm enjoying just watching you. And again, a lot of a POV camera from him and like the goggles, you know, all green and Johnny Foster kind of stumbling around in the darkness. And then he takes out his gun and he wants to shoot her. So he does the thing. How do you say that? How do you call it? He cocks the gun. I don't know. Cocks yeah. his gun, yeah. Cocks his gun. And then she hears Finding that, turns around, gun. fucking kills him. There you go. And also shoots through the window, so the uh, light starts coming in. But uh, yeah, mm. she she shoots him. He dead. There we go. Bye bye. Um. Yeah. Buffalo Bill is dead. And then, that's kind of it. She. Yeah. Like, what happens later? Catherine's so. free. Yeah, she all good. She goes back to her mom. 
and then Crawford talks to her and I'm like, do you keep on and bang her too? And then she graduated, yeah. she gets on the thing and she's like, oh gee, bitches. And then she gets a call from him. <gasps> He's like, something, something, something. I'm having a friend for dinner. See you, bitch. And then hangs up. And she's like, oh no. And uh, yeah, it turns out that Hannibal is like in a, in a, uh, I'd say like an, I don't know, African country, somewhere else anyway. Oh, I think he was like, it uh, looks like, I feel like he went to South America. Maybe South yeah, America. Yeah, Haiti maybe? Yeah, I don't to know. the Caribbean? Maybe. It's kind of hard to say. Um, he's somewhere. But anyways, he's there and uh, Chilton is there as well. So yeah, the kind of the implication is he says, uh, I think something like, oh, I need to see somebody about a dinner. I don't know, something about dinner. Anyway, he's, he basically he says, says gonna eat. I'm going to have an old friend for dinner. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. Wink. Wink, wink. Bye, Clarice. Love you. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, Mr. Freaking Crawford is at the graduation, and she's like, "Haha, I won!" And he's like, "Haha, jerking off." Yeah, I feel like I got creepy vibes from me. Like, so are we gonna are we, fuck? Are you, gonna, are you gonna? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are we gonna bump uglies? Yeah. Are we gonna dance the genitalia tango? So he was asking, and she was like, "Maybe." She's like, "I'm Jodie Foster. I'm a lesbian. It's well known in in the industry." <laughs> yeah, that's the end. That's the end. That's the end of the film. That's great. Good stuff. We did it. it took a while, but <laughs> <laughs> please have like, please, you know, think about me editing, and you know, you, you mean the editor? <sighs> yeah, think about yeah. the editor editing this, and fuck the editor. Yeah, that's what I He deserves it. Or she, I don't know their gender. Or they. Yeah, they. It's yeah. unknown to me. All I know is that they're a dirt bag. You know why this film works? Because everything about this film is about Jodie Foster going through this thing. It's all about her becoming an FBI agent. That's why it works. That's the only reason. Like the all the like the whole last sequence, the action sequence, it's necessary like it's you know, it's a cool action sequence and the final thing for the film to happen. But it's also, yeah, Jodie Foster like becoming an FBI agent before she graduates. She does this thing. And then she's actually her. Yeah. In conclusion. Yes. Silence of the Lambs Mm -hmm. is a buddy cop film. Hmm. Yes. Yep. Elaborate. Hannibal Lecter is the buddy. Yeah. And Clarice is the cop. Clarice is the cop. Okay. I'm not sure that's how buddy cop films work, but sure. Have you solved it? Have you got the right answer? Solved it. Yay. Yay. Let me into the academy. What's this? I have ha- opinions. What's this funk, fuck, 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 haunt, kill game you be playing? Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, talking about uh, genitalia and tango or whatever the fuck Abby said, um, now <laughs> we're going to play a game. And we're going to play a game in which Shreds. you have to. No. Yeah. Uh, no. No, uh, we we're gonna play a game uh, where uh, you have to choose uh, three characters from the film, and one of them you fuck, one you haunt, and one you kill. So, Sonia, as you're the host of this episode, how about you go first? Right. So, Who are you gonna fuck? One of the nerds. Which one? The one with or without the PhD? Because one of them has a PhD, and the other doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd say probably with the one without the lazy eye. So the one without the PhD. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
Like sans lazy eye, sans PhD. It'd be like right. that. Okay. Uh, I, I see that, yeah. I can't think of anyone better to frick. That's okay. JK, oh, no. take it all back. Oh, okay. Dr. Crawford. You're going to fuck Dr. Crawford? Oh, okay. Sure. Um, I would haunt one of the prison guards. Okay. Um, the guy that was Chadger the most. The he black guy? In, like, yeah, the black guy. Barney. Yeah, his name is Barney. Yeah, okay. Barney. I'd haunt gonna... him just crack. Okay. Sure. And then I'd kill Dr. Dr. Tilden. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense because he's an yeah. asshole. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah makes, makes sense. sense. Hey, Hi, Abby. Okay. What's up? Hey. So, in the film Silence of the Lambs, um, yeah, who do you want to fuck on and kill people from that film? Go. Oh, that's no one's ever asked me that before. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to fuck Barney because he's like the nicest person in the film. Mm, he's just like really nice to Clarice. Looking out for her. Nice dude. Nice. I'm going to haunt Lecter, Hannibal Lecter, because I think he's super interesting. Mm. Um, he also deserves a bit of torture, but like he's also just interesting, I feel, to observe. And then I'm going to kill all of the misogynists throughout the film. Oh, I thought all the misogynists in general. That I mean, listen, this is step one. Hmm. It's That's a rehearsal. Okay. And then I'll take on the rest of them and I'll dismantle the patriarchy as we know it. That's fair enough. <sighs> Namache. Hey, that's me. This is a great podcast. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. Bye. End scene. Yeah. Yeah, over. Yeah, this is it. I'm ending the meeting. Bye. Bye. Um, <laughs> Mache. Yeah. The film, the film B movie. B movie, yes. Starring um. Sorry, Seinfeld. Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Fuck can't kill. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking Jerry Seinfeld. No, it's the once. No, it's the one starring um Anthony Hopkins. I think the working title was Silence of the Lambs. Oh, so oh yeah, that one. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. Um, I'm gonna bu- uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump. I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna fuck Buffalo Bill. Um, yeah. because he he asked me if I want to. So it sounds like a consensual thing important. to do. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. Like Yeah. I respect that. Sure. I'm gonna be like, okay, well, since you went ahead with the proposition, why not? You know, so that's what I'm gonna it. fuck. Um I'm gonna haunt Crawford again because of the misogyny. Because you know, he can still like, you know, he's he's not that bad, but like if I haunt him a little bit and show him like all the bad things he's done, he might get better. Um and maybe really? respect women. Maybe. Yes. The maybe. women appreciate it. I've talked to them. Thank you. Yeah. I stand for <laughs> all women. Uh, I am the, the man who will help. It's finally which makes here. makes me very important. Yeah, it's me. I, I am the man that You're saves you. You're a hero. Hey. Yay. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. All the women say. <laughs> um, yes. And then uh, I'm going to kill uh, Hannibal Lecter. Um, just because I don't want the sequels to happen. So he's dead. That's so fair. There's, no, there's no sequel. There's no Hannibal movie. I just killed him. There you go. You're welcome, everybody. Oh my god. Here on yeah. Fuck on Kill, we rewrite history. We changed history. Now it's all done. What, what can I say? Hey. While we're at it, we can kill Ridley Scott so he doesn't make any more movies and embarrass himself anymore. You're going to be arrested. Good night. 
He's gonna listen to this and he's gonna come for you, Matt. Both of us. He's an old man. Come at me, Ridley. Fucking do your best. Uh, yeah. So that was the that was the episode of Fuck on Kill you just listened to. Um, yeah, it was great. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm we so made it. Next one, um, but I probably will, you know, take over from these guys. Yeah, we're replacing Mache. I'd replace Mache if I try, if I did it anymore. So I'm just gonna give Mache a chance of happiness, really. So you're welcome. Mm. Redemption arc. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Redemption arc. Well, Sonia, thank you for joining us yes. on this excellent podcast. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice. The number one podcast in um, on chart that the three of us do. Well, it's the number one podcast in the all the charts I've heard. All the charts. That's listen. We all, don't have all. any evidence, but we just don't want to flex. Yeah, we don't want to flex. We don't want to brag, but yeah, we're yeah. Sum- we're humble. We're humble. Yeah. You might. Mache, be- what are we doing next week? Um. Yeah. Next week is gonna be cool. So. Uh. Anyway. To. Uh, ju- yeah. By the way. Not anyway. <laughs> but by the way, to our listeners, we now have an upcoming episode section on our website, so we can go to fhkpodcast.com and have a look at everything we're doing, in. Uh. You know. Like I don't know. A few episodes up ahead. So yeah, you can go there and have a look and watch the films before if you want to. It's really great. Um, yeah, so next week we're doing something different. Uh, we're going to talk about a film that's very important to me. That's called The Duke of Burgundy. Um, what I wanted to say, uh, if you're going to watch this film for this podcast, Abby, you too, because you have to. Um, <laughs> definitely don't come in, like, don't go and watch this film thinking it's going to be a horror film. It's not, it's, you know, it's one of our horror adjacent films. And I want to talk about it like a little bit in the context of horror films, but it's definitely not a horror film. So, uh, yeah, come in with an open mind. I think it's a really beautiful film. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit different. It's a different kind of movie. I uh, really need to point out that I just Googled this film because prior to this moment, I thought it was a movie with Will Ferrell in it. <laughs> oh, well, no. There's no Will Ferrell in this film. Interesting. Disappointed. Uh, mm. There's actually <laughs> no man at all in that film but that's not amazing. We're going to talk about this. Uh, Incredible. Can't wait. Yeah. I hate men. I don't hate anyone more than I hate men. Yeah. Speaking of which, I got to go keep my boyfriend company. Speaking of hating men. (laughs) (laughs) So do you want to take us out? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Yeah, sure. I'll take you out. Wow, that was easy. Should try that more often. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for listening. Hope you are staying thriving in core. Quarantine is what the cool people say core now. So, in case you didn't know, another helpful tip. Oh. Yeah, I hope you guys are staying safe. And I'm happy to have been on here. Saying what's up. It was wonderful to have you. It was wonderful to have you. I'm even on bed, yeah. And yeah, good night and good luck. We out. off. We out. Take it out. Take it out. Do your thing. Now we're clapping. It's gonna be great.
<laughs> fucking quality material to work Stop with. Stop recording. How do you usually end these? Is that the end? Uh, the there's end. like a fade out. Yeah, you can, you can just keep talking to